Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, Cody Jansen. Am I on air? What's up, everybody? We have an awesome show for you tonight. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to episode 29 of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast presented by CST Tires. The track and the racing this past weekend at Sunset Ridge were legendary, so it's only fitting that a living legend joins us for the show. He's the same legend that stole the show at Sunset Ridge, Mr. Chad Weenan. He'll take you through his weekend, talk about the future of Wienan Motorsports, and more in this exclusive interview. But even before that, Sean Taylor will rejoin the show to help me cover the racing and talk about a special opportunity he had at Sunset. Stoked for that. And then at the end of the show, Mitch Reynolds will rejoin us to talk some TT racing as the season looks to get underway here, and we'll call this our TT Season Preview Show. Stoked about this lineup. It's guaranteed to be another great show, but before we dig too deep, let's thank all the incredible sponsors that make all this possible. Thanks to our title sponsor, CST Tires, csttires.com. The Pulse MXR tire is the best tire on the market no matter what the terrain. Join the CST takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Thank you to Motorsports Powerhouse and show sponsor, Yamaha. We are proud to be partnered with the winningest manufacturer of the past decade in ATV motocross and the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is Team Blue Crew. Thank you, Yamaha. Check them out at YamahaOutdoors.com. Thanks to another member of Racing Royalty and longtime sponsor of my personal racing efforts, Valvoline. For over 150 years, Valvoline has been dedicated to innovating and improving your riding and driving experience. The world's oldest oil company still leads the charge with unrivaled products and lubricants. Thanks to Team Valvoline for coming on board. Thank you to SSI Decals. SSI Decals is the decal choice of champions everywhere and is synonymous with the best decals and graphics kits on the market. Their track record speaks for itself. Champions choose SSI Decals for unmatched look and quality. Thanks to those guys. Check them out today at SSIDecals.com. It's an absolute honor to be partnered with Wienan Motorsports. We all know him as one of the toughest competitors ATV Motocross has ever seen, and Chad Wienan has built quite the business within the industry as well. The same products he handpicked to help him win six AMA ATV Pro National Championships are available to you through Wienan Motorsports. Simply put, he sells what he races. So head over to WienanMotorsports.com to see everything they have to offer and use promo code DIGDEEP to save at checkout. Thanks to Chad Wienan and Wienan Motorsports for further legitimizing everything we're doing here at Digging Deep. It's an absolute honor. Thank you to DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain. Team USA, Joel Hetrick, and myself trusted DID's unrivaled chain quality all the way to championship victory this past season. Wherever you go, go with DID. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and keeping costs affordable the goal. This Michigan-based family operation is here to push stereotypes and limitations while recognizing riders' desire to showcase their identity with eccentric colorways and crazy patterns. Gripped is driven to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. Get a grip on life. Check them out at grippedgloves.com. That's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save. Thanks to the Decker Training Facility. The Decker Training Facility at County Line MX is now 
open. This premier motocross training compound is located in beautiful Fountain, Florida, a short 40 minute drive from Panama City Beach. Their rapidly growing facility consists of a pro level national track, amateur and youth tracks, woods loop and mountain bike trails. Everything you need to train comfortably all winter long is available on site, including private cabins, a full gym, RV hookups, bathhouses, garage, dump station, wash bays, and more. With accommodations for riders across the country and around the world, the Decker Training Facility will help you become the best rider you can be. Sign up for a group training session or a private lesson with nationally ranked pros. Train tougher, smarter, and harder this off-season at one of Florida's most luxurious facilities. For more information, go to DeckerTrainingFacility.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Decker Training Facility, your elite training experience. Thank you, Namira Technologies. Namira, Pistons with an Attitude. Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side markets since 2001 with their wide array of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits. To purchase, visit your local dealer or online at namira.com. That's N-A-M-U-R-A.com. Also, a big thanks to Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been the industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. Whether it's electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, suspension parts or bearing kits, Bronco is your hard part source when it comes to whatever you need for whatever you ride. BroncoATV.com Thanks to 4 Carbon for the continued support. Known for their hoods, seat covers, array of carbon parts, and so much more. 4 is your one-stop shop to give your ATV a new and improved look with increased function this year. Head over to the social media pages or website today. Thanks to 4 Carbon. Thanks to DP Brakes, the unquestioned leader in motorsports and power sports braking. DP is the brand responsible for allowing Joel Hetrick, your host Cody Jansen, and so many more others to outbreak the competition every time they hit the racetrack. It's never too late to join the team, so act fast. www.dp-brakes.com Thank you to Mountaineer Brand. If you know me, you know I love my... What the? Hey, that's my line. If you know me, you know I love my beard. That's why I treat it right with Mountaineer Brand's all-natural washes, oils, balms, and more. Use discount code CODYSFAVE in all caps. That's C-O-D-Y-S-F-A-V, CODYSFAVE in all caps at mountaineerbrand.com. We're thankful for our partnership with Factory 43. Since 2007, this racer-owned company has been striving to offer a quality product that installs easy, looks good, and holds up over time, producing bumpers, grab bars, nerf bars, and other accessories. For 2020, Factory 43 is the aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing Honda team, providing riders like Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Chris Borich, and Grayson Eller with their motocross and cross-country versions of Evo Nerf Bars and MX Style front bumpers. Head over to Factory43ATV.com to see their full line of products, thanks to Factory 43. We are proud to be partnered with Bike Strikes and Quads, LLC. Bike Strikes and Quads, LLC was started by former racers selling three-wheeler parts out of a barn in upstate New York. Now, 10 years later, BTQ LLC has over 40,000 new and used parts in stock, but they haven't forgotten their roots, still offering used OEM parts for three-wheelers, dirt bikes, ATVs, and side-by-sides. Parts are in stock and ready to ship with guaranteed delivery within three days, including free shipping on orders of over $50. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for $10 off of orders $50 or more. 
We're grateful to have Bike Strikes and Quads LLC digging deep with us, support our industry's small businesses, and thank you BTQ LLC. We are proud of our partnership with Roman Health. On average, Americans are forced to wait 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform to connect you with a licensed doctor in your state from the comfort of your own home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy will ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. Plus, there's no commitments and you can cancel any time with Roman. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. Thanks as always to Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track. When conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Use discount code DIGGINGD20 to save at checkout, evanscoolant.com. Thanks to Blenders Eyewear, whose life and forward motion brand is the perfect fit to partner with our podcast. You won't find better shades for a more attractive price anywhere else. Use discount code DIGGINGD20 to save on the trendiest shades in the market, blenderseyewear.com. Thanks to Avocado Green Mattresses, the Avocado Mattress offers zoned back support with an internal support unit, meaning whether you are recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you are experiencing next-level comfort. With a 100-night sleep trial, free shipping and return pickups, and a 25-year warranty, getting your Avocado Green Mattress could not be any easier. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. From our new partners to our original sponsors, thanks for supporting the number one podcast in ATV racing and making this dream a reality for both us and our listeners. We pride ourselves in partnering with only the best brands inside and outside of the industry, so better your riding experience and your lifestyle by supporting the sponsors who support us. And if you enjoy the show, the best thing you can do is support our partners. If you're interested in becoming a partner of the show, shoot me a message or email today for more details. We are running a discounted partnership rate to assist small businesses, so message or email us today to keep your brand relevant. Once again, thanks to all of our sponsors. All right, guys, let's dive into some of the Sunset Ridge talk here, and we're so stoked to be joined once again by one of your favorite co-hosts. He's brought to you by Gripped Gloves, so use discount code DIGGINGD10 to save at grippedgloves.com. It's Shawnee T, Sean Taylor. What's up, buddy? Thanks for getting back on here. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, doing great. Uh, excited to talk a little racing here with you. Um, and we had to get you on because I heard, you know, you were going to be at Walnut. And I kind of had this thought in the back of my mind the whole time um, that hopefully we could get you on after Walnut to talk the racing because you'd be Definitely. there. But then, you know, you informed me as the as we got kind of close to the races that you were going to be able to do a little wrenching. So. Uh, Talk, talk to us about that. Tell me how that all came about. Yeah, I, mean, I was planning on going to the National anyways, just because it's only two and a half hours away from the house. And yeah. I, think it was, I think it was Wednesday morning. Um, I just got to work and I got a text from David Eller. And I don't to know the full story, but Hayden Mickelson needed a mechanic for the weekend. And David's like, hey, do you want to wrench for Hayden this weekend? And uh, in the meantime of that, uh, Tyler Davis had texted me and said that Noah had asked me and Tyler's from Iowa and, you know, we rode together and stuff. We're pretty good friends. So I was like, okay, yeah, definitely. So I told David I would, and, 
um, yeah, I got to, got to wrench for Hayden. I didn't get to see a lot of, you know, racing from where we were at on the side of the track, but you know, still got to be there and had the opportunity to, to wrench for Hayden. And yeah, it was, it was fun. I loved it. Yeah. That's, I mean, to, to wrench for Phoenix racing Honda, like that's a pretty big deal. So, uh, so yeah, that's gotta be exciting. So take me through the, take me through like the day a little bit. Cause I mean, you're a, you're a racer first, you know, you, you were always a racer. So, uh, like, tell me about the day a little bit. Yeah. So, um, we left early Saturday morning and got there. I wasn't sure. I knew tech started at eight, but I wasn't sure what time it ended. I couldn't remember. And I didn't even ask to be honest. So we got, I think we got there like 20 after eight and of course we park and stuff and see a couple people that I knew right away. So I start talking to them. So I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta go. I'm, I'm working today. Yeah, right. And, I got a job uh, to do. <laughs> and um, so I get over there and, and Hayden's there. I was like, have you, have you teched the bike yet? And he's like, no, I haven't. I was like, okay, I'll go tech it quick and uh, jump on it, go over and go over and tech it. It doesn't pass sound. It's like, I think it was a hundred decibels on the exhaust. So he, I was like, okay, so we go back to the trailer and I said, it didn't pass sound. And well, when I was up there, Harv goes, Harv looks at his watch and he's like, it closed, it closed at nine o'clock. You got 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm still, I didn't put any, I took boot, like work boots to work in while still wearing my tennis shoes at the time that had zero sole. I could barely get the quad started up at inspection. Okay. I get okay. back and we end up putting a, um, putting a different insert in the exhaust and got back up there, got it tech, but um, yeah, we were right behind the, we were you know, on like a 10 by 20 awning, uh, tent behind the Phoenix racing, uh, semi still had pretty much full access to the semi of whatever, um, whatever Tyler and I needed to, you know, help the boys throughout the day. Um, pretty much fuel was coming from the semi, uh, you know, air filters, parts, everything was coming from the semi. Um, yep. but yeah, I mean, well-built machine i was i loved working on it i hadn't worked on one for i dude i don't i think the last time i'd wrenched on one when is when i was racing and sure. uh, it pretty much all just like came back to me super fast and just i had that that whole checklist that i used to do on mine memorized and kind of yep. went through didn't uh he didn't really tear much up through to tear much up throughout the day um so it, it was fairly easy but just did your normal maintenance and uh you know, washed it when he came back in. And, um, I did have to get into the carburetor. We, uh, changed a pilot jet after the first qualifier, I think. And, uh, yeah, man, it was fun. It was, it was good to be back and it was a little bit different, uh, being, you know, riding up to the line with him, you know, on the back you know, rather than being the rider. So when we get up there, it was, and I hadn't been to the line for, in one of those for you know almost two and a half, three years. And it just, yep. it really, it really hit when we got up there and I just tried to, when we were talking to him and Peppa talk before he'd go out, just trying to, you know, remind him just to relax out there and that he deserved to be out there. He's a great rider and I was impressed. He, he struggled a little bit there at the, the second moto. Um, he got knocked off the track in the first moto and went to the back. And then the second moto just didn't get the start that, that he wanted. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a fun day. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm sure it was. And and you're the right guy for the job. We've had this conversation before as far as like you and I are similar in being like meticulous with our stuff. Your stuff was always was always clean and, uh, and obviously well taken care of. So um, 
that's really cool. But yeah, like I was going to ask you how weird it was to be on the other side of the kind of of the uh, like in the mechanics area, you know, and doing that whole thing. And yeah, like, I mean, it's kind of weird too, because you and Hayden obviously have a relationship from riding from, you know, with Root River and Mm -hmm. um, you guys come from a similar area, you know, Iowa and Minnesota, like that whole thing. But yeah, like when you don't do this every week with somebody, like you don't necessarily know what to say. And like, as far as, cause some people want to be talked to, some people want to be built up. Some people just want their, their own deal. So yeah, um, that yeah. was, that was kind of the stuff that was in my mind as the, as the race day was playing out there. And I see you, you know, in the mechanics area. Yeah. He, uh, and that's what I was, I was, what, that's one thing I was kind of nervous about. Well, number one, the one main thing I thought it was going to rain. So I was really nervous about the rain and uh because then there's but, a, there's a lot of work then <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of work there and i hadn't you know i hadn't wrenched on one forever and uh-huh. uh then the, the other thing was is how to you know how to how to talk to him and yeah like you said we got we him and i have a background he was he came to my house a couple times a summer and stayed for about a week and rode and stuff so you know i knew him i know him well on a personal level and i just tried yep. to uh, yeah i wasn't sure really what to say i just kind of went on how i would like to and i or how i would like to be talked to at the line and and knew you know he's a laid back guy and uh that's i just tried to apply that just kind of feed off of what he was giving me i knew he wasn't really happy he didn't really say it but i could tell that he wasn't really happy with his qualifying time and um and yeah so i just tried mentally i just tried to keep him out of his own head basically i thought you know whether i did okay job whether he liked that or not I don't know I I, th- I thought we really clicked throughout the day and you know I think he was very appreciative that I was the, there wrenching for him and stuff but yeah it's it's a totally totally different thing because the I don't know what it was with the reception they didn't have TVs up for live scoring so everybody had their cell phone out and was on the e-score and yep. they'd take off and everybody stand around like is your phone updating yet is your phone updating yet well, by time he'd come across the line and the time would go and I'm right the time on the board, he would be just about to me. So I was a little slow on that. I'm like, God, I got I got to work on this a little bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just, you know, trying to write stuff on the board for him, let him know he was at it. Was, it was definitely it was definitely different, but I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's very cool. You know, and, and not in a I've been wondering like what was going on there um, as far as like, cause I, I had heard, I thought I had heard the bike maybe like bobble a little bit in time qualifying or something. So I didn't know if, if you guys were having a problem because I've been trying to piece this together all year kind of because both of the Mickelsons, it seems like have been struggling, not in a derogatory manner whatsoever, right. but like I expect big things of them. Cause like you said, I mean, Hayden is, very 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 naturally talented it's his second or third year in the in the pro class now and um and then Noah too it's like I expect such big things from him because he's so damn naturally talented and it's like I didn't know if they were both struggling with like mechanical stuff or if they're both just trying to find their footing still early in the season here yeah I it was like it was cool being you know because they both were you know, pretty much by the tent and the trailer most of the day when we were there. And, and, you know, Ty, were, Ty and I would stay, we're talking about when they're both out there, you know, what's he doing wrong. And so it was, it was just weird how we, it just seemed like we'd been doing it for a while. When we went back to the trailer, we were, it was like all four of us talking, David Eller would, you know, always was coming over and like, Hey, you know, whatever you need, don't forget, you know, come get it. And, okay. um, but yeah, it was, yeah, he just kept coming over making sure everything are okay. You know, do you guys need this? You need this? 
and yeah, it was just, we were, I was comfortable doing it. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. I know in the second moto, uh, Noah, I think someone cross jumped him and they hit each other in the air and Noah about went down. And I know that I think he wasn't very happy about that and probably mentally maybe spooked him a little bit and just kind of, of shook course. him, put him off his game. And I think that was up with the, the, uh, second moto for him and I know Hayden just struggles a little bit with his starts and that he'd worked on him he'd worked on him the week before coming to the race and I thought he got a great start in the first moto um, he came he was right there you know top 10 area 10 11 and Noah ran seventh for a little bit so they both got a good start this, the first moto and then the second moto yeah I'm just not not sure to see. I don't know with, you know, I know the track was rough, super, super rough and was beating yeah, the guys up quite a bit and it was pretty warm too. Um, so yeah, it just seemed, I just think it's, you know, maybe both of them kind of get in their heads a little bit and, you know, but definitely a lot of talent from both of them. And, you know, I hope they hope they do well the rest of the year. We kind of talked at the end of the second moto on, you know, like, you know, you guys had, you had good stuff come out of the day and you obviously had bad stuff, you know, and that's just one thing you need to work on when you go, you know, on the off weeks. So now it was, it was awesome to kind of, you know, you know, diagnose each moto and qualifying and stuff. Just, I don't know. It felt good to do that from a different, you know, from a mechanic perspective. Of course. And, and you have, I mean, there's no substitute for the experience that you have, you know? So, uh, so yeah, for sure. Like that's really cool. It's cool to see, to get, I guess, an inside like view of the atmosphere there, because you're always worried about that, right? Like you don't know when they're, when things aren't going well on the racetrack, things can be compounded if the atmosphere isn't good. And right. it's cool. It's cool to hear that uh, the atmosphere seems like it's pretty good over there because honestly, I keep thinking like this is going to be the week where you're going to see one of those boys in the top, you know, six, seven, eight. Like it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden Noah is sixth or seventh or eighth, like we saw him at Crawfordsville last year. Like it's just, it's going to happen. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I think those two each, you know, they, they have their tracks to where they, you know, they're where they're probably com more comfortable at than other ones. And yeah, I just, I think that they'll, they're going to break, they'll break out here throughout the season. Once they kind of get comfortable, I'd, um, you know, make some changes and stuff, but no, it'll be, it's coming. They're due and definitely both of them work on their starts. And yeah, I mean, Noah showed, showed, Noah showed that he's got the ability to run, you know, top seven there for a little bit, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it should be, uh, should be really interesting and uh, going to want to keep tabs on those guys, yep. you know, kind of as the season goes on here. Um, so let's get into the the rest of the the racing a little bit. I know you said you, obviously you, you know, from the mechanics area, you're not able to see a ton of stuff, but you're able, you're able to, you know, keep tabs on a little bit, mm -hmm. I'm sure. And obviously you're right around the racing and the racers. Yeah. So that's why, uh, that's why I kind of wanted you to be able to be a part of this. So, um, but before we, before we get too much into the racing, let's, uh, let's hear from the guy who stole the show at Sunset Ridge before we do anything else. All right, guys, you may not know this, but we basically started this podcast to tell this guy's story. We didn't necessarily have an end goal at the time or know the path or how big this thing was going to get. But it's been about a year since we told the Chad Wienan story. We'll forever be grateful for the way that he instantly put us on the map and all his involvement with us since then. Brought to you by Wienan Motorsports. Following his latest win this past weekend at Sunset Ridge, say hello to Chad Wienan. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Hey, thanks, Cody. Uh, always good to come on. And, uh, yeah, especially after a nice uh, 
home race win and you know it's a it was a very special weekend for us and you know we're definitely one that I'm gonna remember yeah I mean so glad to get you on of course you had another stellar weekend at Sunset Ridge grabbing your second win of the year obviously but um, you know we all know Walnut as your home track but how special is that place for you? Because, you know, you got your first pro podium there back in 2006. And since then, you've won the event a record eight times. So um, you just have to feel like you have a wave of momentum the moment you step foot on the property, huh? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think probably the coolest part about it is that I've been racing there for 20 years. And uh, my first race was there in 2000. So pretty cool that, you know, been able to, you know, race competitively and professionally that long you know not necessarily 20 years but uh just being still in racing and being a part of it and then winning a pro national you know 20 years after i've been first time i stepped on the property so and you know obviously the the family the pistol family that owned the place like were you know they're they're like family to us and we really you know uh hit it off right away and you know it's always special going on on their premises and you know with their uh expertise they have for the track and their their, their care that they put into it and you know they really do love having us there they definitely do uh yeah they treat us like their own and they they almost claim you as their own so that's a it's a really cool relationship to see um so take me through chad take me through your train of thought leading up to um the weekend like do you put pressure on yourself knowing that you don't want to let an opportunity get away um you know i guess at a track where you typically have an advantage or do you come in like licking your chops because it's home soil tell me your kind of train of thought there um i mean really just coming off of muddy creek like we we found a really good setup that's i was like we got something like we we, we made a big uh move there to make our machine just work the way that i wanted it and i'm like all right like I really started licking my chops going into sunset. So I was like, you know, I got the machine exactly where I want it. And we get to sunset, we go out for the first qualifier. And I'm like, eh, this, the setup's not quite right. So I make, we make another good change that we nailed. And then we got the top, the pole position on the qualifier. And then it was like game on from there. Like my confidence level just went to the roof. And I was like, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win this thing. So I went out that first moto and uh, came out like fifth and, you know, just kind of battled my way through there. But I don't know if you want to get that far into it, but, you know, just my, my train of thought just going into that race, like I told Thomas, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm winning this race. Like I told him, you know, straight up, he's been staying at my house and I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to own this thing. And, you know, just my confidence just going in was at all time high. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. I mean, obviously it was, it was pretty apparent to see, um, on the racetrack, you know, you, you started to talk about, like you mentioned time qualifying there. This is something I, I always kind of wanted to ask you because like some of the great two wheeled motocross athletes, almost always you are able to earn your fastest heater lap um in time qualifying on the final lap of the the second session so take me through 
how you can casually drop your lap time by nearly two seconds when you finally have to do so. Like it simply blows my mind. Well, um, I, I really don't know. It doesn't happen all the time. Like it's, it's not really playing that way. Just sometimes like you don't grease a full lap and you know, I came out and I was just like, I was, I was kind of okay with, uh, not necessarily like getting the fastest lap time, but I kind of wanted to make a statement right away and kind of set, try to set the tone. Yeah, you definitely, definitely sent a message there. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, then you started to talk about the motos and um, you know, you obviously you talked about feeling good heading into the races with the top qualifier in moto one. um, You know, you didn't get, uh, didn't start right at the front, but you were able to kind of fly through the pack there and uh, cut your way into Joel's lead. Um, so then going into Moto2, you, uh, you kind of put on a clinic. So talk about that. And uh, it had to be extra special to do it in front of your, front of your friends and family and uh, including a very pro Chad and crowd. Yeah, like, I mean, the first Moto, I mean, the start position was so, so important that first turn and uh i actually was in front of joel there and then we just i got tapped a little bit wide and he got underneath me but uh you know made some like a quick move on nick to get into fourth and then uh we had uh we had thomas and uh coat or bryce got a good start he got the whole shot so it really really had to work for you know a couple laps to try and get around them I really wasn't like falling into my groove right away but it um once I got around them I was able to you know click off my laps and really really get cut into the lead yeah yeah it seemed like uh seemed like yeah you were able to cut into the lead there and then that made things interesting going into moto two because it was like you know if you start up front uh you were going to be dangerous. So uh, talk about that feeling in Moto2 because um, take me through, I guess, what it feels like to have that kind of flow because everything just has to slow down for you. I mean, Brooke kind of looked over at me and said, you know, it looks like you were on a Sunday cruise as you're yarding the field. So talk about uh, that feeling you had there in Moto2. It looked like, looked like everything was clicking. Yeah, like I can't really, I can't really explain it. It just things just, just start to work effortlessly, you know. And um, you know, definitely that first moto, like I put on a charge the whole race, like, and I did everything I could to try and bridge that gap down to nothing, so I could try and get on the back uh, tires of them and try to move them into mistake. But you know, Joel really put on a charge too, and. You know, that second moto, just coming out and getting that whole shot. And, you know, a couple first couple laps, I didn't really, really pour it on too heavy. And then usually around, like, the third lap is when I really started to pour it on and, uh, you know, hit all my marks. And that's the way I love to ride. Like, I like the ride just smooth, calculated, and ride my own race and not be trying to – uh, necessarily tag on to somebody or ride somebody else's pace and just try to do my own thing and it just worked out so well and I like I felt like I couldn't do anything wrong to you know 
to drop the place or you know to make a mistake and it just everything just went so so right for me yeah it looked like uh i mean that was a vintage chad weenan performance but it was like as good of a ride as I can remember you having in, in a really long time. So, um, and it never stops uh, amazing me, like the way you're able to manipulate the bike to keep your tires on the ground and, and driving forward. You know, it was easy to see everybody else bouncing all over the place. And, um, you know, and some of those ruts and potholes were nasty. And it was like watching your machine, it was like, none of that even affected you it, it's truly legendary it's like that's what i'm gonna remember you by you know it's the, it was that manipulation of the bike is just crazy yeah like i just love tracks that get you know blown out rough that you gotta have some finesse and you know not override the machine but just finesse the machine through the, through the bumps and, and that's that's the kind of conditions that i just love to ride and um and like, I wish that we had more tracks in the circuit that did tender to just rough, blown out, ruddy, you know, tougher conditions. But like, I think Walnut this year was definitely a different Walnut than, than normal. It was super fast in areas that didn't get rough. And then we had areas that did get really rough and weird rough at some points. So like, it definitely did show us a, a different side to walnut i think this weekend than a, a typical one that gets super train track ruddy and you know it just uh it threw another curveball at us and we were able to nail our setup and you know get a win yeah yeah walnut was was really good i thought it made for some really good racing and uh yeah i mean you were you were the class of the field that's for sure um so next up is is pleasure valley you know, it's the first time that we'll have been there since 2010. What do you remember about that track and, and what's it going to take for you to be the first rider to grab three wins this season? Oh man. Um, I mean, it's been, been 10 years, I think that we, since we've been there or more 11. Yep. Yep. yep 11. Yep. Sir. To, since and, 2010. Yep. You know, the, the most vague rem memory that I have is when I pretty much lost the championship and, 2009 in the Cowie when I got in the first turn tangle up and it broke my kill switch and the machine stopped so I try to forget about that one but <laughs> you know it was uh you know the track wasn't uh it was like there was good racing on it, it seemed like um you know it, the legendary creamer bird whimmer battle there that you know turned to uh you know turn to get ugly at the end but yeah um, I mean I feel like this year uh it seems like Jeff Cernick is really motivated to have the event there so I'm pretty excited to you know get out there and see what he has in store for us and the track has a lot of good elevation and you know the most that I've seen it is actually on Joel's Instagram so <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, I've seen he's been there a couple times and they have, they look like they have a really nice roller section. So that kind of gets me excited. Yeah, for sure. You and me both. I'm uh, always up for a good roller or whoop section, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that, um, I love when a promoter really wants to have an ATV race. So happy to go to, uh, to a track like pleasure Valley with Jeff Cernix there. I think that that's really cool. Um, 
before I let you go, Chad, I have to ask you about Max Lindquist. The the Wienan Motorsports riders reeled off three consecutive Pro Am victories to start his 450 career. What do you got to say about this kid? Is this what you were expecting? Man, I knew he had the potential to definitely do this, but I, I know that his starts are, you know, they're and they're not predictable at all times, and you know, I think that's so important, but. The way that this he Max has like a no give up attitude, that's what really put me onto him to start. You know, long like I got a little story for you. Like uh, okay. two years ago, we went out to Walnut and rode one day, and it was a ninety degree day. We've already ridden you know three motos, and uh, I was like, all right, let's do one more. And uh, we kind of just made like a little bet, like you know, hey, if I lap you, you got to you gotta wash my machine but if i don't lap you then i gotta wash yours and you know i i three-quarter tracked him but the kid never gave up and i i think a lot of kids that were he was 15 years old or 14 years old at the time 14 yeah on a 250 on a 250 going out there and doing a a pro moto so it was 18 plus two on a 90 degree day Wow. And so once we finished, I was like, all right, man, like I'll wash your bike uh, at Redbud on Sunday. So I, I withheld my, my end of the deal. And ever since then, I've put a lot of good effort into him and got him on like one of my machines and we tendered it to him. We had to make a lot of changes to get it right for him. And once we found that this, he's got a lot of potential. I see him being a really good uh, part of the future. I see a lot of myself in him. So I want to be able to really carry on the torch, you know, with with him and help him out and maybe put him in like my spot when it's time for me to step step away. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't be in a, in a better position to learn from somebody. Um, nobody better to learn from. The cool thing is, is you talk about uh, how that day Max uh, kind of showed something to you. And uh, it's funny because the Linquists were just telling me this story, Max's parents, on, on Saturday this past weekend. And uh, they were talking about how that scenario showed them your character and how great of a man you are because you made this promise to max you made this little bet with max and uh you, know, you could have easily forgot when when redbud came or may, not made it a priority or whatever and uh you know you were true to your word watched his quad and stuff so that was that was really cool so i couldn't talk to you without uh asking you about uh max and and how great of a job he's done so far it's been truly truly incredible really so uh yeah he's in a he's in a good spot to kind of follow in your footsteps but uh yeah chad can't thank you enough for giving me a little bit of your time here and uh wanted to get a little update after after walnut another hometown win and uh yeah it was a dominant performance so i wanted to uh to be able to hear from you and uh yeah can't thank you enough for your time and um you know thanks for all of your support of the show of course and uh, always giving us uh you know just a little bit of your time and uh yeah good luck on the fourth of july in pa Thanks a lot, Cody, and uh, yeah, definitely, you know, always good to come on and voice my, you know, what I had, what I had going on this weekend, and, you know, I think you're doing a great job with this, and we're proud 
Queen of Motorsports a proud supporter of it. So, you know, it's a, it's a cool thing and I'll keep it rolling, you know? Yeah. We, uh, we can't thank you enough for everything, Chad. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Oh yeah. Uh, poke your, poke your head in down and down in our truck, uh, down at PA. We want to, we want to talk to you a little more and give you some more heads up on little things, you know? Oh, happy to behind, behind the scenes stuff, you know, so you can share. <laughs> okay. That's what we'll do. We'll see you there. All right, man. Thanks. Congrats. Later. Thanks. All right. See you good. So you heard from big Chad there and man, it was a, it was a vintage Chad Weenan bludgeoning at sunset Ridge, man. It, he took the top spot in time qualifying. He charged through the pack in moto one cut way into Joel's lead and then absolutely dominated moto two. Um, this looked like Chad Weenan of about, you know, six or seven years ago. Don't you think Sean? Dude was a freak on that track. I, yeah, I'd like, some of the stuff he was doing where I could see at and coming into some of the turns compared to everybody else was, yeah, you said it right there. It was like the Chad Weenan we saw when he was uh, the in Carpe Diem 4 when he got the factory Suzuki ride and he's out of the nut shredding by himself that day. You know, that's, that's the Chad Weenan I feel like we saw uh, on, in, on Saturday. And yeah, in Moto 1, you know, every time they go by and it's, mechanic would have the pit board out and it was like he was a, you know he was in 209s and and Joel was in the 210s and it's like okay the race is getting close to an end and he's gaining on him how close is you know is he going to get close enough to make a move on him or not but that yep. Joel ran a pretty solid pace there the last two three laps and Chad wasn't able to you know reel him in any closer than what he did but and then Moto2 got the start that he needed to get and said see you later I'm gone yeah, man, some of the coming into the past the mechanics area, there were there was an outside, uh, there was an inside with like a roller, and they had a berm built up, and then it was kind of like a down, you know, little little downhill jump, and he ran the inside, running that inside hump, and was like jumping the hump and kind of landing sideways into the corner on the berm, and and he made that look so easy all day, and everybody else, I know Joel, Joel about threw it away there, probably two laps in a row where he hit it and it kind of kicked the bike up on its side and I thought he was going to crash one lap and uh, everybody else. It just seemed like it, they were there. Nobody was hitting that turn faster than he was. It was crazy. Yeah. And, and Walnut honestly has been one of those tracks where Chad, I mean, he's won now eight times there, but like of the last couple of years, him and Joel have been pretty close. And like you said, uh, Chad got, and we heard from Chad, and he said that, you know, he was trying to get there in Moto 1, but in Moto 2, I think uh, you knew he had the speed in Moto 1. He just couldn't quite all the way get it done. Yep. Man, with the speed that he had, track was a little rougher in Moto 2. And then now we know, because we heard it on the Rip It Up Films video, that Joel wanted to split motos. He, that's, that was his goal. So, um, man, Chad got the start there in Moto 2. And, uh, man, he set sail. But credit to Joel. Like you said, I mean, he split motos at Chad's home track and uh, didn't lose a single point on the day. Like I said, come to find out, that was kind of Joel's goal is to just uh, get in and out of there with kind of the same same points gap that he had. And, um, you know, now we're going to his home track at Pleasure Valley. What do you think the over-under is that Joel picks up his, uh, his third win of the season in PA? I've seen videos of Joel riding there early, or I guess middle of the year. It was probably a month or so ago. He rode there a couple times, and 
Yep. It's, I don't, it's just with those hard pack tracks, you know, we've, I've seen it all years of racing with him and, you know, being at the races and watching him on hard pack tracks that get dry and slick. And I don't know what it is, but the kids just, he's just, he's on it. He's just a, he's a freak and something like that. And it's kind of like you compare when you get weaning on a track that was at Walnut Weenan's bike was working great last weekend you could obviously tell that and yeah that's you know Weenan's a freak and something like that and then when you go to hard these hard pack tracks it's just the totally it's totally opposite with Joel it's fun to watch them both on the tracks that they excel at of course it is yeah you're exactly right because that was my exact train of thought is uh you know with with Chad on some of those rough tracks with you know Walnut Redbud those type of tracks it's like man he's going to be tough to beat and it's same with Joel when you get to those dry slick or, or hard fast tracks and uh because and you would have you would have raced Pleasure Valley yep. like 11 12 years ago right yeah yep uh, yeah go underneath the bridge the con yep. concrete start I don't know if it's still I yeah. don't know if it is still concrete or not uh, yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah, you're uh, right. I forgot. Go out into the bridge, and I crashed in the whole shot in Pro-Am there, and someone came. We went under that bridge, and someone came from the outside of the bridge over into me, and I hit the mechanics area and flipped all through there. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but it makes you wonder if, you know, what uh, what Chad's mentality is. Obviously, you know, he needs to cut the points lead, but at the same time, you know, obviously if you can – same thing with Joel last week. If you can get the win, get the win, but if you can, you know, keep it from Joel gaining any pain, any points or, you know, Chad gaining points. And, you know, if Chad left, let's say they flip flop again next weekend, you know, yep. sure Chad would probably be happy with, with that of, you know, especially being at a, you know, one of Joel, well, Joel's home track, basically. Yeah. Um, the, the one difference I guess is, and we heard from Chad a little bit there and he said that, you know, he's saw the, videos of pleasure valley uh, off of joel's instagram but he's also excited about the the fact that there's a looks like there's a big roller whoop section there and that's uh that's right up chad's alley so yes. we'll see I, it is a little bit different i think because i don't know up until now how often quads were riding at pleasure valley i don't i had never really seemed to hadn't heard about it and um with sunset with walnut i mean you can you can ride there a lot. I mean, Chad's yeah. done, Chad's done probably tens of thousands of laps around there. So a um, little bit different, but yeah, like, you know how it is a uh, race close to home. You automatically have like just a little bit of a momentum. It seems yeah. like, especially if you got some, some family and friends and, and kind of a home crowd there. So uh, yeah. I mean, like you said though, I mean, man, 60, 65, 70% chance that Joel wins there. And I, and I just, that the, probably the exact same odds I would have gave Chad winning at Walnut. Right. Know, like, exactly. Yeah. So if you're probably onto something, if Chad could split motos, maybe he'd be happy, but it's also going down that road makes me think, uh, cause Jeffrey on an earlier show brought up that the different schedule is really interesting to him and, and how it's going to lend to other riders because I mean, the schedule was always the same and down the, down the stretch, you know, you'd have sunset like we just had then. So that was a toss up. Then you'd go to Unadilla and that was, you know, all Joel. Yep. Then you'd go to Redbud, kind of a toss up. And yep. then Loretta Loretta's was all Joel a lot of times. And then, you know, last year was Crawfordsville, another, very Joel Hetrick like track. Now this year, 
schedule's totally different with south of the border and and uh and um the texas round underground at the end and loretta's um I don't, i'm not going to break any news here but i know that loretta's is up in the air that could get moved and we also i mean i hope red but happens that's my favorite race of the year like yeah. it is for so many people but Michigan's one of those states where things are things are a little sketchy. So the different schedule does really interest me in how it's going to play into into one favor or the other. You know, is there and then there's one there's one race like in October, the first weekend of October, right? Yeah. So I think uh, it must be that south of the border is, I believe, September, and then um, Texas is October, I think, or vice versa. I think it's so, vice versa. Cause I think it's out East somewhere. I might, I might be going to that one and okay. I might go to, yeah. I might go to red bud to this leaf Friday night, you know, get sure. over there. It's so sure. late. But so, yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, so it's pleasure Valley, then red bud, then Loretta's as of right now. And then those two last ones, Texas and South of the border, whatever order they're in. So, um, yeah, it should be really, should be, should be really interesting. So, um, yeah, then, so Thomas, so Chad wins two, one, Joel one, two, they tie on points. Chad gets the overall. And, uh, then Thomas goes three, three. He was clearly the third best guy on the day. And, um, I have these epiphanies from time to time that I just want to make sure that I'm the guy that's giving Thomas enough credit because I think at times he's lost, you know, or overlooked just as being the third guy. And he's still, I like, I need to drive home that he's still so damn strong. Um, it was just a very typical, really really good thomas brown like day um where he's clearly ahead of the rest of the pack but just a little bit off from those top two guys and uh, so i mean this is me just giving thomas a lot of credit because to be the third guy on the podium and you don't get that photo op from the podium like we're used to doing that uh man he was he was strong and he's trying to make up points because he's had a couple couple tough motos so yeah yeah so um he was he was good on the day and um, let me ask you this, Sean, because like, this was the first race that you attended, obviously this season, did anybody like, and, and again, you said that you weren't able to watch all the racing, but did anybody wow you or did anybody stand out even maybe, maybe not even with the racing, but where they say they qualified, where they finished? I mean, did you have anybody that's really stood out to you? Um, I was, I was impressed with, uh, you know, all the young kids for, I mean, number one, just to say all the young kids that have moved up, I feel like even just watching them in qualifying that it just, I remember seeing these, you know, when I was racing, these kids were you know, coming off of mods, you know, just getting yeah. on a 450 yeah. and stuff. And now they're running pro class and those kids have yeah. really stepped it up. I thought they all looked really good. Bryce Ford, you know, his speed obviously showed some, um, in moto one showed some real speed for a while. And, uh, Brandon Hogue, Brandon Hogue continues to you know, keep getting better and better. Yep. Uh, Nick Janusa, man, bummer for him. I thought that he had a good day. It seemed like he had he had good starts that he'd been looking for. And you know what? Is he running fourth place? No, nope. was he running fourth or fifth place there? Second moto with two laps to go. And I don't. He, he had was, a mechan- 
Yeah, he was running sixth with two laps to go, but he was in position to be top five overall, like he yes. always is. Yeah. And uh and and yeah, that was and and I believe the box score doesn't show how good Nick Janusa was. Um and yeah, like all the all the young kids, man, are this that rookie class is living up to the hype. Yeah, you know, it really it really is. And yeah. uh and but I guess if you were gonna ask me that question where I was you know, seeing where you were going to take that. And, and if my answer was not Chad, who stood out, um, throw Chad out of this, I would have to go with Bryce Ford because he qualified top three for the second consecutive week. He whole shot in Moto One, led the first laps of his career, his pro career, and had a very impressive uh, four or five day for fourth overall. That means he's he's clearly been the, the fourth best guy at two events this season because he got fourth at Daytona. He got fourth this weekend. He was fourth in the second moto at Muddy Creek, which was strong. And uh, I mean, he's only like, this is his fourth professional event um like man so impressive yeah he he looked really good especially you know those opening laps uh you know leading i thought he looked really really well and then that second moto him and him and brandon hogue would seem to battle for a long long time and you know when Dude. those guys i was you know that was a fun that was a fun one to watch there for a little bit yeah. when they were kind of on the side of the track that that I could see that that was that was a good one to watch. That was fun to watch, I and mean, that was a good second moto to watch those two. It was, it was, yeah. They were battling hard, and I saw I saw Bryce on the first lap, maybe of the first or second lap of the second time qualifier, dude, and he was just going for it, and like he's he's so aggressive and so animated in his riding that it makes him always look like he's like he's flying. But yeah. dude, I'm like this. Yeah, he was, he was just to think that he's so young and so young into his professional career and that he's able to mix it up with them guys. Um, it's gnarly. So that's going to be, that's going to be really fun to watch. So Bryce was fourth overall in the day. Brandon, like you said, was fifth. He got Bryce in the second moto, but, uh, but Bryce got him for that fourth spot. Brandon was fifth and, uh, yeah, like Brandon, and he told me before the weekend, he's like, man, if I can just get some starts, because he said, I haven't felt that good up to this point. And he's been, you know, he's got a podium at Muddy Creek. He's basically kind of been the fourth guy. And uh, he's he's been third in points. I mean, he's he's been killing it. So he th he said, basically, as soon as he starts feeling it, he's even going to take another jump he thinks. And, uh, that'll be, that'll be really interesting. I mean, I think you're going to see Bryce Ford and Brandon Hogue battle a ton probably for as long as the two are around the sport, honestly. Yeah. I would say those two are, you'll be, you'll be see a lot of those two are always going to be finding each other on the track. It kind of, it seems like, um, but yeah, Bryce Ford, you know, he lead led some laps. So if he can get comfortable, get a little bit more comfortable doing that. I mean, he's going to be able to, he'll find that extra speed getting pushed by, you know, the best guys that are behind him. Um, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, Brandon, I thought Brandon uh, looked really well. And I thought really when he would come around, I thought he was following Bryce's lines there for a few laps, like too much, maybe, maybe should have tried to move out of the way and, or, you know, move, you know, move over and try a different line to, you know, I just feel like there was a couple of times where he was just, I mean, it was, it was bumper to grab bar is how oh, yeah. it was to him. And just he would have stepped out of that line and just tried something because there were some spots that I saw Bryce pull away from him, but then Brandon, yep. Brandon would just, you know, reel him back in and be right back on him again. But, yeah. So uh, we, we know that, 
um, cause you and I have both trained with the program. We know that Bryce is now on that program. So he's going to get stronger and stronger. You could tell just late in the race that Brandon had a little bit more pace than he did. And, uh, I think what it looked like, cause I had a different vantage point than you. And yeah, like it looked even from my vantage point, it looked like they had to be touching each other they <laughs> yeah. were so close, but it looked like Brandon had a, like just a few spots and he was going to stay on his tail and then just try to make the pass in those few spots. And eventually he got by. So, yep. um, yeah, that was a, that was a great battle there. Um, so those guys were, were fourth and fifth. Wesley Wolf was sixth. That's a Wesley Wolf, super, super Wesley Wolf like day. Another good ride for him. Uh, you know, we, he was, you know, basically averaged a sixth place finish last year. So he's been on that pace. I just think, um, you can't say that he's not better than he was last year. The class is just so good right now. So yeah. um, sixth is sixth is crazy respectable in that class. Alan Myers was seventh, um, which is again he continues to be to be really strong week in and week out. And then we get to eighth, and that's where Jeffrey finished. He's seven eight for eighth. Um, you know, he came out and said that he has some breathing issues that he's dealing with. And obviously you could see like something is going on. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I, I feel terrible for him cause it's been year after year, um, where he's dealing with a variation of something different. Yep. And I'm just, I'm worried because I'm obviously a big Jeffrey fan. We grow, grew up racing together. Um, you know, I'm a guy that always pulls for Jeffrey. I think you are too. And, I'm just, I'm worried that this is going to be the end of us seeing Jeffrey in the pro class at the races. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of thought about that too, just because it just, yeah, it didn't seem like, uh, it didn't seem like he had a good day. And I, I know he left fairly quickly after the race. I don't think he was feeling that all that well. Um, it just the last was it the last, I think Wesley got him there the last couple, like the last lap or two, maybe yep, he did. Just, come yep. on, man. You know, we, uh, you know, get him. I don't know if he just, if the, you know, he was getting beat up or something, you know, the, the heat and then how rough. Well, and, and if, and if he, yeah. And if he says he's having those breathing issues, I mean, you know how it is. If you can't get oxygen in, it just compounds every issue you're having, yep. you know? Yeah. Tightening up and, uh, getting yep. arm pump, you know? Um, you know, I hope not. I hope he, I think we're still waiting on him to, to have that race to where he, you know, can break out and, you know, get a good finish and maybe just kind of get that confidence back because I feel like, you know, like right now, I mean, he might just, just be in his head with everything that's kind of going on and then to him. It just seemed, seemed like, like, gosh, dang, it just didn't have the weekend we were, we were looking for. Um, I can, he came out second. I think that that second moto and yeah, it just kind of seemed to, to fall backward, fall backwards a little bit, but it know. happened pretty fast. It happened like in the first couple laps, he gave up some spots and, uh, but yeah, man. And, and you know how it is. Like if you're dealing with something, I know Jeffrey's dealt with this exact same thing before where it's been a different issue, but at the beginning of the race, it's like, you don't want to push way too hard and burn yourself out. Yep. And I just, I just, uh, Jeffrey would be battling. I mean, we've, we saw it for years, him battling with Thomas and he'd be right up there. Um, you got to believe he would, if he was a hundred percent. And I just hate, you know, we talked coming into the season wanting to see Jeffrey at a hundred percent. And I mean, now we're in like the same situation again, where it's like, he's got one arm tied behind his back and I just yep. feel terrible. I feel terrible for the guy. Yeah. 
yep i i i hope he can get it get it turned around and get it all figured out you know i'm sure the the phoenix guys you know if it if it is a bike issue or um you know from that standpoint you know the phoenix guys are going to do whatever they can to get him comfortable and um and then you know surely he's going to try to do as much as he can to take care of his health and you know make sure he's gets up to a hundred percent and if he is having breathing issues get that to figure out why he's having breathing issues and you know try to get it try to get it taken care of so yeah yeah i mean obviously i think like i said i think i speak for the both of us that we're pulling for him and uh i mean hopefully he can turn this thing around starting at pleasure valley so ninth is troy hill super solid i mean i'm like I want to give this guy a lot of credit because uh, that's the second top 10 in a row. And you already mentioned it a little bit, but that class of rookies is really, really good. The class as a whole is really, really good. So um, Troy Hill comes in ninth overall. And then you started to talk about Nick, Nick Janusa. He came in 10th overall, but he was, uh, you know, he was fifth in the first moto and he was sixth with two to go in the second moto. He was in position to be fifth overall. And, uh, and then he had the, he, then he had kind of that that mechanical issue, so a uh, tough one for for oh, Nick Janusa. But yeah, if he can if he can get the starts that he talked about on recent episodes here, um, maybe he can turn it around. But I I feel like it's a it sucks to for him to miss that opportunity because that's a Nick Janusa type track. I feel like. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. And like he looked good. He looked all he looked good all day up until that point. He looked great in qualifying, and yeah, that's a bummer yep. for him. I I thought he was gonna get a. I thought he was going to have a good finish there. And because I, I thought that his starts were, you know, his starts were better than what they'd had been, you know, in the yeah. previous races. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Um, and we saw that he got, he, he mentioned it, teased it a little bit here. I saw that he got the starting gate from Pat Brown. So, uh, so yeah, <laughs> there you go. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he just keeps getting better at the starts and can kind of turn this thing around. And cause you know, he's, he's been fourth or fifth in every single points, uh, race that he's ever been in. So, um, we expect him to be up there. So yep. that was, that kind of concludes the top 10 Brogan Geyer ended up, uh, 11th overall that tied his, his best so far. Um, he was 11th at Daytona. So that's a solid day for Brogan. We heard from him on the podcast last week, and I thought that that was a good listen. And, um, West Lewis was 12th. He won't be pumped with that. Cause he said he was trying to be 10th at every race. Um, but who knows what he was dealing with there because, he's been a top 10 guy at every race so far. And he would have had it last week too, if it wasn't for a mechanical on the last lap of the, the second moto. So he'll look to turn it around at, uh, at pleasure Valley. And um, 13th was Cody Ford, who's been dealing with some, some really tough health stuff, some, some injuries and other things, but uh, he's going to turn it around. I know that the Ford brothers racing team there is uh totally behind him and just going to be ready as soon as he's uh he's you know sees the successes that we know he's he's got coming um you know I talked about in the preseason show with you Sean that uh that he's you know he was my pick for most improved pro and I think that I mean that's still in him like the Ford brothers team still keeps telling me that uh he's having really good practice, practice laps. He's, he's putting in really good efforts there and it's just hasn't quite shown at the races yet. So you know how it is. I mean, it yeah. could be, could be as simple as just not getting the start you need. And in a class that fast, um, that'll just, that'll take all the wind out of your sails. So yeah. I think, um, like we said with the Mickelsons, I think that, uh, 
you know, Cody is, is one of those guys that's going to turn it around and it's just going to happen one of these weeks. And uh, I'm not going to be surprised when it does. No, I, I talked to him. He, I'm trying to think if it was unqualifying or it was before Moto one. Uh, I talked to him a little bit there and yeah, he said he was still kind of dealing, you know, dealing with some issues and it was getting, it was getting better, but he was just kind of seemed like he was just kind of taking it day by day and you know, trying you know, working hard and well, you, to ride, you know, ride as much as he could just to kind of get back, get back to well, where he should be. Yeah. And you and I both dealt with some stuff before, like, man, it's so tough because you need to ride, you need to train, but when you're injured somewhat, you just keep, it's like, you don't know if you're doing yourself a favor or doing yourself a disservice. Like you're just digging a bigger hole, you yeah. know, and, and yep. that's really tough to recover and also try to race through it at the same time. So, yeah. So that's, uh, that's really tough. Um, 14th was Noah and he was, uh, he was a 11, 14 for 14th. And, uh, again, I, I, I think that he's just one of those guys It just, it's crazy to me to see Noah 14th because he's so freaking talented. But, um, again, I think he's one of those guys that's going to have a breakout ride. And then you and Hayden ended up 15th overall, and, uh, again, I think that, you know, it was cool to, to hear some insight into your guys' day there. And I think that, again, he's one of those guys that's going to, that's going to all of a sudden turn it around too. Yeah, I, th I think so. I, between both of them, I, I think we'll see, you know, they'll have better results than what they did, what they did last weekend. And, um, you know, maybe get to, we'll see how they do at Pleasure Valley. Maybe, maybe they like the hard pack stuff a little bit better than that, that nasty, that nasty rough train track stuff. But, um, yeah, they, I thought everybody did well. The rookies really stood out and it was, it was a good, it was good to be at the track and get to see it firsthand, you know, be right there that close and, um, just watch the speed that these guys, that the young kids have nowadays is just crazy. It's gnarly. And another guy that had a, had a, obviously, a but a bad of his uh, weekend is, is, um, he could imagine is Logan Stanfield who yeah. ended up 16th and, uh, in the first moto there, he was, he was passing up through the pack, getting close to the top 10. And then his, uh, his bike seemed to give up the ghost there with just a few laps left. Then in the second moto, I know that they were scrambling to get an engine in. They got an engine in for the second moto and man, right away, I saw a puff of, of white smoke. And I knew I'm like, I literally said, uh, I think probably Brooke was around me. And I said to her, I'm like, I bet you that one of them clamps on the, on the uh, radiator didn't get tightened enough. And then that's exactly what Logan said it was. And you know how it is when you're scrambling and there's a bunch of different people changing something. I mean, yeah. it just, it just happens. And you know, like you have to be in scramble mode because there isn't enough time between those races to, to like dot every I and cross every T you just got to hope by time. I think by time you get back to the truck and get back to the truck, you know, get your, get the bag and everything off. They get off the quad. I think it's right around an hour. You have maybe an hour, hour and 10 minutes turnaround to get the tops. Clean. Yeah. Tops to get the, and that's, and that's you knowing for a fact, you're going to show up to the gate. You're going to be last gate pick because you're not going to make it, you know, by the, what time? The 20 minutes prior. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to make it. And yeah. uh, that's pretty much exactly how it was. Uh, we were on the far outside and yeah, very last minute they were getting ready to do the parade lap and, and he showed up and um, I'm sure, yeah, that you probably got, you know, at least, 
uh, three sets of hands, you know, going in there and tightening stuff up. And it oh, all of that, all of that. I saw pictures. I think there was at least that <laughs> three, four, five dudes. Um, and that stinks for Logan because it's a homish like race for him. Just like you come from Iowa, me coming yep. from Wisconsin, he's from Illinois or I'm sorry, Indiana. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so um, that was tough for him, but he's been so solid this season, like clearly top 10 guy. Um, and then, you know, he crashed running sixth last week, late in the race. So um, yeah, I mean, I, he's one of those guys that, uh, that, I mean, he's been so solid that, you know, don't look at the 16th, 16th and think uh, that that's, that's kind of where he was at on the day. Now, I, I watched him a little bit in qualifying and I, yeah, I would have, I would have put him top 10 easily just kind of watching uh-huh. him qualifying. He looks, he looks good. He looks fit and yeah, he looked great on the quad. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And some other notables, um, you know, as we kind of finish up the pro class there, the pro stock class went Chad Weenan in dominant fashion, Thomas Brown in second. And then we were just talking about Logan, Logan Stanfield with an impressive third, and he totally redeemed himself, um, totally redeemed the the weekend he ran second for a good share of the second moto and he grabbed third overall. And I know that, uh, him and the nine, six, nine team were all hanging their hat on that ride. And, uh, rightfully so he hung on to Chad for a minute. And, um, and then, like I said, ran second there, earned third for, uh, third overall. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was really good for him. So a good turnaround and that stock class is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It would, it'd be nice to hang around for a, for a Sunday to watch, you know, to watch the stock class and just to see, you know, all the different guys in it and, you know, see some of the top pro riders that are, that are in it. It's definitely, it's definitely a cool way to, you know, promote going out and just, but, you know, you can go out and just buy yourself a stock Yamaha and, you know, show up to the track and race it. You know, that's what the top guys are doing. So that's cool that the, the sport's doing that. Yeah. Pretty sure that uh, both of us would jump in there. If we, if we had the chance, we'd do it in a heartbeat. Um, so also Max Lindquist three for three in pro-am overalls to start his 450 career. You heard from Chad there talking about it a little bit and, uh, incredible job by him. He's going to be a major part of the future of, of ATV motocross, I think. And I don't know if you saw any of those pro-am motos, Sean, but, uh, man, Max Lindquist has been, uh, been riding like a man possessed there in pro-am. That's what I've heard. I've heard that, that he's riding really good and he's super fast and now oh, i didn't get to watch any of the pro-ams i didn't know they raced pro-am on saturday do they do both motos <laughs> on saturday or just they yeah do both on saturday yep, um, yep. It's, it's a lot different than it used to be yeah it is um but i i heard his name and you know those guys all went up to watch it i heard his name and yeah it sounded like he was putting in some laps and um but yeah it sounded like he's you know he's pretty much dominating dominating pro-am right now yeah, he is. I mean, it's the, it's kind of the two man show with him. And, and obviously I spoke about the, the future of the sport. Speaking of the future of the sport too, you have to include Zach Decker, you know, that's the two man show in pro-am and, uh, and Zach Decker won his third consecutive, um, pro mod class overall. And that was another great job for him. We're going to have him on the show next week. So I'm looking forward to that, but, uh, yeah, those two kids, because they're both 16, Max told me, like they're going to be in the pro class soon. And that's just very soon. Even, yeah. Even more of these young guys just uh, dicing it up and, and the, the, the health of the sport right now, at least at the very top is, is, is very strong. That's for sure. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Jaden JJ Launderville. He's kind of part of that Phoenix team that you were wrenching yep. for this week, and uh, he won all three of the 250 classes. Um, and man, you got to be gnarly to be able to do that. So to win Youth All Star, Schoolboy Senior, and 250 Mod all in the same weekend, um, amazing job for him. And he's definitely yeah. uh, definitely deserving of the credit there. That's for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. No. And then uh, go ahead. I was just going to compliment him. He's got the dual dual exhaust on that 250 mod. I thought that was – I saw that. I checked it out a little bit when I had some had some time. And I was like, dang, that's nice, the dual Yoshis. Yeah, I don't know if you remember him from back when you were uh, still racing the pro class or whatever, but he's about three feet taller than he was back then. He looks yeah, like I Chad. Know. He looks like Chad now. And back then he was like up to my shoulders. <laughs> Short. <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy true. seeing those kids. How, you know, when I was racing, those kids were young, young kids. And now they're you know, growing up riding the 450s and winning pro-ams and that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's unreal. Um, all right, Sean, do you, so you said that you may be back at some races this season doing a little more wrenching you think? Oh, I don't know about wrenching. Um, like I said, I might try just red buds five and a half, six hours from home. And after going to Walnut and just kind of got that back, it's like, I haven't been to red buds since 2017 or actually I went to, well, I went to the donations, but, um, yep. I haven't been to the quad national since 17. And so I don't know, I thought about maybe jumping in the truck Friday night after work and driving and just, you know, hang, ba hanging out that weekend. As of right now, I'd just be hanging out, no wrenching. Okay. And maybe, okay. maybe the last round uh, coming to hang out. I don't, I'm not sure yet. So still, awesome. still working out some details on that. Awesome. We I might. like to hear it. Yeah. Yep. I like to hear it. I think, uh, the, the, it's just, it's awesome. You know, you're like me, like you're an enthusiast of the sport, you know, through and through. So to have those kind of people at the races truly love it. I just feel like the races are a little bit better like that. <laughs> yeah. So huge um, fan, huge dedicated. Yeah. Fan. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so in, and we talked about this a little bit. I just want to tie up our segment here with this. And, you know, in many of the preseason shows, you were a part of them. Um, we talked about, you know, how strong this year's rookie class was in the pro class there. And, and, and I guess how strong the pro class was as a whole. This weekend, you were mechanicking. You saw this whole thing up close and personal. Um, What's your opinion of the pro class? I think it's got to be just about as strong as as I remember it ever being. Yeah, it's it's very. I think it's very strong. You know, you've got, um, you know, you've got kids that have only been in the pro class for a couple of years that are you know running, leading leading laps and you know finishing top five. And yep. you know, I remember when I was, when, you know, when I was racing, you know, there were guys that had been in the class for a while that were running top five and the, you know, the rookies were still, you know, just trying to battle to even get inside of a top 10. So, yeah. um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if it's like the level is kind of maybe raised a little bit or if it's just, you know, there's, there's so much talent out there with, at a young age, the kids are coming up to, yeah, I'm not sure, but I was, I was impressed. Like I said, the, the rookie class, it just, those guys just, they, they look like they belong to be out there, you know, and absolutely you know, for the most part. And yeah, it was, it was fun to watch. Absolutely. And you, and, and I guess too, like another way to judge it, I think too, is like, you look at, you know, the guys that are, at the back in some of these results, um, because somebody has got to be there and you look at how good they are 
And it's like, like you, you know, the Mickelsons didn't have the weekend they wanted, but they're both gnarly. You know, they're both really, really good. And when you look at that, it's like, yeah, the pro class is crazy good. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like we, uh, I've, I've got a lot of friends that race dirt bikes and stuff and, you know, some of them would try to, you know, go and try and qualify at you know the national or, you know, dirt bike nationals or super crosses or whatever. And it's, yep. you tell people that don't really know, like these kids out here in this LCQ that are trying to make a main event, these kids are top riders from wherever they come from. These oh, kids they, cream, would, they cream everybody from yeah, wherever they come exactly, from. You know, and that's exactly, you know, your 14th, 15th, you know, your backpack of the guys in the pro ATV class, these, those kids are the fastest, you know, locally where they come from. And Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And by, know, by a ton. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's just the, it's crazy that, you know, there's, there's a lot of talent out there and yeah, you're going to have some of the, you're going to have guys that are going to have their, their good days and you're going to have guys that you know normally are up front that are going to have bad days and, you know, they're going to be at the back know the back of the pack so i think sure. with, with this class we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of you know a lot of flip-flopping yeah which is is good as a fan like that's yeah a, that's that's really cool but uh yeah that's i mean really great uh great view of it there great points because i feel the same way i don't think it's probably said enough that uh man those guys are just so good they're so fast if you put them like there's no guys on the track there's no average guys making those other guys look superhuman you know right. it's just that it's just that everybody on the track is next level the best of the best and uh yeah so every single one of those dudes is is deserving of credit there's no doubt about it so i'm glad uh glad you made mention of that and uh i mean i mean this uh, was all great stuff. I thought the racing was great there. I thought the track changes. I mean, obviously, Sunset is just about the best when it comes to, um, I mean, literally everything from the yeah. meticulous place to uh, how good they treat ATVs to the obviously the quality of the track. I mean, um, there are a little bit of changes at first. It you know, there's people like, Oh, they changed this, they changed that. I kind of went out there and I'm like, Oh, it doesn't really look that different. Yeah. And but I thought the little stuff that they did made for really, really, really good racing. They took a track that a lot of times is pretty fast, like really, really fast at times, and then just gets rough where they made it more technical. They found a way to make it more technical. They made multiple lines and they made it. So when it gets rough, it's going to, you know, create really good racing. I thought that uh, obviously the pistol family there, I mean, you and I are both obviously fond of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and hold Walnut, hold Sunset Ridge in high regard, but uh, great racetrack, and it made for a great, uh, great weekend of racing. That's for sure. Yeah, the, I thought the I mean, I saw videos and stuff from practice on Friday, and it's like, man, it'd be awesome to be out there. The track looks prime, and even though it got it got really rough on Saturday afternoon, it's still you know the split lines that they put in there and. Like I love that style of, of track. So it, Me too. it was like, gosh, I want to be out there, even though it's rough and I'm going to die. I die <laughs> a lap, two laps. Probably wouldn't even be able to push the throttle, but it looked fun. The track looked awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome. Made for, made for a lot of good racing and a great weekend. Um, Sean, I can't thank you enough for joining me here. I, I love obviously your, your input and, uh, obviously to hear, 
the behind the scenes stuff going on and uh, the mechanics area going on in the pit and everything else. Uh, that was, it was really cool. So I'm super grateful for your time. And uh, you're one of the, you're one of the dudes that, that people love having on, love to hear from. So I just, uh, we really enjoy That's having up. you and I, I can't thank you enough, man. I really appreciate it. I love being on here, man. I love talking ATVs of course. And yeah, it was, it was awesome. Hopefully my, uh, hopefully my mechanic skills, maybe I'll get a call back for later in the season. I don't know. We'll see. I, I yeah. am available. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hear it. I, I hope that you're at more so we can do this some more. And uh, again, it made for some awesome stuff and uh, just can't thank you enough for, for getting back on here with me. So uh, we want to tell you awesome job on the mechanic work and uh, obviously thank sharing you. the experience with us and uh, we'll talk soon. I just can't thank you enough, pal. All right, man. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. Before Digging Deep was even a reality, back when it was just an idea, CST Tires already believed in us, which is fitting because no one believes in their tires more than I do. Our title sponsor, CST Tires, and their Pulse MXR tires continue to hook every rider strong enough and willing to grab a handful of throttle after mounting them on their ride. Used by Thomas Brown to win races and clinch a third straight Quad Cross of Nations title, Nick Janusa when he grabbed his first career pro class podium, and myself, Cody Jansen, as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to a 2019 national championship in the Junior 25 Plus class. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit csttires.com to join the CST takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Anybody that I've gotten to try them, I've heard nothing but positive things back. We're proud to be Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Why choose Yamaha? Look no further than Chad Wienan's six championships in the past eight seasons aboard his Yamaha YFZ450R. Not to mention Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing and their support of this podcast proves it. For the 2020 ATV MX season, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program will offer payout and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more information, head to YamahaOutdoors.com and follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors today. All hail Blue Crew, the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. 
The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and, oh yeah, six-time NHRA world champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 chain. This patented X-ring chain boasts a steel alloy construction for reduced weight, increased strength, and a longer overall chain life, making it the optimal ATV racing chain. Pick up an ATV2 chain today at your local dealer or wherever DID chains are sold. Don't forget about their motocross, off-road, and street bike chains as well. Wherever you go, go with DID. Hello listeners, this is Chad Wienan, six-time AMA ATV Pro National Champion, an owner of Wienan Motorsports and proud partner of Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast. The two of us share a strong passion for ATVMX. Owning my own team gives us the ability to handpick the best products on the market for our racing program. With consistent testing, research, and development, we are confident that when choosing the products we believe in, our customers will be satisfied in building their own race program as well. We race what we sell. With brands like Fox Shocks, Walsh Racecraft, SSI Decals, Wrath Racing, and Henson Racing, just to mention a few, go to check out wienandmortarsports.com to see the full lineup. Enter discount promo code DIGDEEP at checkout. Enough talking already. Get out and get some fresh air and go ride. Hope to see you at the track soon. We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits. Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2020 is no different, with an impressive lineup including AMA ATV Pro Class Champion Joel Hedrick and Phoenix Racing Honda Team, Cody Jansen and his 2019 Junior 25 Plus National Championship, Baldwin Motorsports, Nick Januza, Wesley Wolf, and much more in the ATV motocross. In GNCC Racing, DP has 16 of the top 17 pros heading into 2020. This includes the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Chris Borich, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and more. These riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com. Purchase at your local dealer or message us for the contact info today. 
What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Brakes. 4Works Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, 4Works has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust 4Works for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. 4Works Carbon, always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Grip's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, the family affair is constantly working on the next more innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com, that's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com, and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? Americans have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a licensed doctor in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. We are also proud of our partnership with Factory 43. Factory 43 was born in 2007, making Nerf bars for the Suzuki LTR, Honda TRX450R, and Yamaha's YFZ450. The brand soon added bumpers and grab bars and for years now has offered parts for all sport quads. The racer-owned company strives to offer a quality product that installs easy, looks good, and holds up over time. For 2020, Factory 43 is the aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing Honda team, providing riders like Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Chris Borich, and Grayson Eller with the motocross and cross-country versions of their Evo Nerf Bar and MX-style front bumpers. Head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of products, thanks to Factory 43. We are excited to dig deep with the support of Bikes, Trikes, and Quads, LLC. Celebrating their 10-year anniversary this May, the company was started by former racers selling three-wheeler parts out of a barn in upstate New York. Through hard work, accompanied by offering great service to their customers, BTQ LLC now has over 40,000 new and used parts in stock. But they haven't forgotten their roots, still offering used OEM parts for three-wheelers, dirt bikes, ATVs, and side-by-sides. Parts are in stock and ready to ship with delivery within three days, including free shipping on orders over $50. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for $10 off orders of $50 or more. 
We're grateful to have Bikes, Trikes, and Quads, LLC, digging deep with us. Support our industry's grassroots businesses. Thank you, BTQ, LLC. The Decker Training Facility at County Line MX is now open. This premier motocross training compound is located in beautiful Fountain, Florida, about a 40-minute drive from Panama City Beach. Their rapidly growing facility consists of a pro-level national track, amateur and youth tracks, woods loop, and mountain bike trails. Everything you need to train comfortably all winter long is available on site, including private cabins, a full gym, RV hookups, bathhouses, garage, dump station, wash bays, and more. With accommodations for riders across the country and around the world, the Decker Training Facility will help you become the best rider you can be. Sign up for a group training session or a private lesson with nationally ranked pros. Train tougher, smarter, and harder this off-season at one of Florida's most luxurious facilities. For more information, go to DeckerTrainingFacility.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Decker Training Facility, your elite training experience. We are proud to be partnered with Avocado Green Mattresses. We all know that sleep and rest are an important part of any athlete's routine. Avocado's line of natural mattresses and pillows provide exactly the support you need to ensure you perform at your best while doing the best for the planet. The Avocado Mattress offers zoned back support with an internal support unit, meaning whether you are recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you will be experiencing next level comfort. You can rest in peace knowing the components in your mattress and pillow are non-toxic, natural, and sustainably sourced. And getting your avocado green mattress could not be any easier. They offer a 100-night sleep trial, free shipping and return pickups, and a 25-year warranty. And if that wasn't enough, rest assured knowing they have 5-star ratings by verified customers including some of the Digging Deep staff. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. All right, guys, you heard from your Sunset Ridge event winner, Chad Weenan, and you heard Sean and I dig into the racing a little bit. Now let's switch gears to some TT talk. This will serve as our TT season preview, and we'll be joined by a special guest for it. Enjoy. And now, he told me that it was time for some TT content, so we promptly got him on here. Here to talk about TT racing and more, brought to you by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain. Please welcome Mitch Reynolds back to the podcast. Thanks for joining me, pal. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me on, Cody. I've been pumped to get back on here and uh, get the TT uh, world a little bit of hype going, uh, get everyone informed what's going on in the TT world. Yeah, for sure. You like I, I had mentioned, you said it was time for some TT content, and uh, you know I'm partial to to TT racing. Of course, it's what I grew up doing, and uh, it's truly like my first love. So I'm um, excited to talk some TT racing. So let's get into it. I mean, the the season is just about about to start for you guys, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, due to the COVID situation, uh, tracks, you know, certain tracks weren't able to race, having to postpone and all these different hoops to jump through. Um, but yeah, the NEDT is going to kick off this weekend in North Carolina. It's kind of the East Coast series. Um, and then the Outlaw series uh, kicks off next, the following weekend in Iowa. Uh, the Midwest series is already, they've already had a couple rounds going. But um, anyway, yeah, it's going to all catch some steam pretty soon. So 
I thought so. And I, I thought that the couple of races that had already happened um, in the Midwest here, they've been like pretty big, right? From what I could pick up on, it looked like the racer numbers were, were pretty solid. I, th I think they probably had some pretty good numbers. Um, you know, everyone was just itching to get racing. Um, some of the East Coast guys are traveling over and competing because, you know, they're just sitting around waiting, trying to race. So, um, yeah, I believe their numbers have been really good. So. That's awesome. I mean, and for, for you, um, I mean, that's should be an indication that numbers I would think are going to be, are going to be up across the board. Um, because, and I guess you started to touch on it. I'll let you kind of fill me in on this, but you know, there's a number of, of different series. So explain to me, I guess a little bit more like, what series are the most prestigious? What series are most people running? What series are you running? I mean, you're, you and your family help, you know, kind of organize one of the series, correct? Yes, that is correct. So I'll just kind of step back and just give a little bit of history uh, of TT racing, you sure. know, so, yep, perfect. Uh, step back in the early two thousands. And, you know, that's ultimately when, when everything kind of split and TT went its own direction, which, they eventually kind of renamed it extreme dirt track trying to get a little more of uh, jumps into the track and a little more technicality and give it something just kind of a new uh, curve to the, to the sport anyway. Yep. Um, but as time went on, the people that were behind TT, it, it was just kind of fading off. It was getting too tough for people um, to travel all over the country from South Dakota over to North Carolina you know, logistically, people were just having a hard time affording it, you know. Um, so that kind of led up to 2015. Uh, they kind of split into regional. So you had this East Coast series develop and then this Midwest series. Um, and that's the point when the sport started really catching steam and, and growing in numbers again, because now these people who weren't able to, to travel um, or take off work all this time to pursue the nationals, you know, they just had to pick and choose races here and there. We're now able to go race these events because they weren't as far from home. They could get off on Friday and they could go attend these events. Sure. It was, it was more realistic because it was a more regional type type series, of course. So kind of the premier series within uh, TT right now is the NEDT and that's uh, Sean Robinson. He's really done a great, uh, some great things really pushing our sport forward. He was the one who promoted the 50th at Pine Lake. And um, I mean, he has, he's been in the sport. He's, he raced before um, he his adopted son, Kyler races, you know, so he just, just like everything else in ATV racing, it's family. Of and course. so that really uh, pro propelled him um, to take that next step and kind of take over the series and push it. Um, they usually have very good numbers over there and they run in Pennsylvania, Ohio, North Carolina. And then they picked up a new track in Michigan uh, last year, which I went and raced that event. It was really cool track and, uh, and lends itself too for motocrossers thinking about trying out TT, like that would be the primo place for them to do it because it, it lends itself to a motocross style the the track in michigan does so where is that uh it's in Owasso, michigan so that's over on it's like southeast uh michigan okay okay yeah that's really cool because i think and maybe it stems from um you know from astabula last year or in all the buzz that came from that but there's definitely uh more interest within the motocross community 
uh, like as they look at TT right now, there's definitely some intrigue there for, I think, like just as a general whole in the motocross community, they're looking at TT with, with big eyes, I think, uh, right now more than they have, at least in recent years. I, I definitely believe you're right, Cody. I know uh, I didn't get to make it to Loretta's, but I know there was quite a bit of buzz at Loretta's. You know, after you'd done the podcast and and everyone, the you know, 50th had 890 entries. So, you know, there were a lot of people in attendance there and Thomas and Jeffrey were there. Yep. So, yeah, people just got pumped on TT racing in general. And, uh, you know, talking to, to a lot of guys, um, I think people definitely have interest in trying it. I know uh, Bryce Ford definitely has some interest and Alan Myers has shown a little interest and Jeffrey and Joel are definitely on board uh had some had a conversation with Eller at Georgia you okay. know if he would be on board with letting those guys do that and uh he was he was like yeah I just want to figure out logistics but sure he thinks it's pretty cool as well so just kind of gathered steam with this whole you know figurative triple crown type thing where you race cross country motocross and TT together yep and I, I think it's gathering some steam out there uh it's a pretty exciting concept anyway of course. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you about that. Maybe we can come full circle to the triple crown thing, but yeah, I was going to, going to ask about that, but yeah, uh, talking about the, as you're getting into the history of the, at least the previous years of TT racing. So you're talking about, you know, that uh, prestigious series down there. That's the one that starts this weekend, correct? In North Carolina. And that is, yep. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just confirming what you're saying. And then other series that are out there uh, here in the Midwest, you've got the, the Midwest EDT, uh, which is ran by Billy Clayton. He's been running that for quite a few years. Um, we raced a little bit of that last year. And then um, then the Extreme Outlaw Series uh, is ran by Josh Hibden, a former pro TT racer. Yep. His son races. Um, and and then my dad has, has been kind of giving him advice as far as promoting events, you know, since he hosted national TT Nationals back in the day. Um, so that's going to kind of be our focus um, as far as, you know, rocket racing and my team is that's what we're going to focus on. Okay. Uh, awesome. And then, and then the outlaw series you talked about, is that the one you were just talking about or is that uh is that something totally separate? No, that is the same thing. Okay. Um, right now I have events, um, which I said our opening round will be in Iowa, but we race in Missouri, uh, Kansas, possibly in in indiana you know with with some covid with the covid yeah. stuff it things are kind of unknown on that but it looks like all the series are at least going to get rounds in you know where you can race for points this year so okay perfect and i think that uh i'm really intrigued by that series i guess because i mean obviously like being from Wisconsin, that's not that far from here. So I, I know of people that have talked about, you know, racing that series that kind of you're, um, you know, a part of, but um, I mean, those are big, that's a, like a big TT region, right? So, I mean, th that should pull big numbers, I would think. I would think so. Um, you know, you look at the RAS located in Minnesota, yep. um, too far from you. Exactly. Uh, they, yep. They've got a good number of racers. You've got a good base in South Dakota, Missouri. Um, there, there's just a good rider base in Indiana as well, Illinois. And now you start getting in the more southern states here, Arkansas. Uh, TT scene had really faded off when we closed our track and got out of it, but it's gathering steam as well. Um, got some people coming out of retirement here in Arkansas just because 
you know, of kind of how I got out there and performed, it, it kind of shocked them that I was able to, um, you know, go back to competing at that level. And I'm like, well, you know, obviously if, if I can do it, you guys can all do it too. So that's sure. super cool to see the sport grow. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that, and it was very clear when we had you on last time, you know, last summer, the end of last summer, but um, just you, you guys, your family has taken the lead on this TT thing. And, and I think, um, I think, and maybe it's not just you guys, but it does from a, from my uh, standpoint, it looks like you guys are playing a part in like almost kind of trying to band everybody together because one sticking point has been the rules, right? And I talked to your dad a little bit about this, but you, know, you guys have a desire to get and and again, I might, I don't want to misspeak. Like it's just you guys, maybe it's more than just you, but there's a desire to get uh, more of the rules to overlap better so that people can attend multiple series. Right. And, um, and for families and everything, like I think maybe the kids classes are involved in some of those rules and, and discrepancies and stuff. So, um, is there any update on that? Like are things better on that front where there's similar rules so you can kind of pick and choose and, and race multiple series? I mean, uh, I hope you follow what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely on the rules. There were um, a lot of differences in rules which made it a challenge to go from one series to another, um, you know, just certain stipulations and things like that. Um, and, you know, that's one thing with the outlaw series, since the NEDT is the premier series, he's kind of adopting their rule set, you know, so it's, it looks uniform. And then really we had dad had, I didn't really have any part in this, but dad had intentions of hosting a Hoosier grand national this year and kind of bringing both sides in with the referees and hosting, you know, a one-off event where it's like a grand national um, event, encouraging everyone to come. But again, with, with the COVID stuff, um, he felt like he needed to back out and open up that date for the other series to race. He didn't want to step on, you know, he, he didn't want to mess up other series um, from people being able to attend those. So looks like we'll kick that back a year. Um, but yeah, as of right now, you kind of, you know, if you want to look at it as a Grand National, you kind of have to go to Ashtabula. That's where most everyone shows up to. They kind of save up their pennies and show up there. So you know that you'll race the best of the best. You know, I mean, even though within these series themselves, there's good competition across the board, really, in all classes. So, Oh, of course, of course. So the event you talked about there, um, that was going to be the, the Indiana race, right, that we, that we heard about? Yes, that, that is correct, you know, and he, he hated to pull the plug on that race, but he said, you know, it's not, um, you know, another year will just help him uh, further develop it um, and promote it even better. Um, I think it was going to be a great event anyway, but again, um, you know, we wanted to open up dates. One of the other series called us and said, hey, we're having to move uh, the date around, and that's really the only date that this track's giving us, and dad said, you know what, I need to step out of it so that um, I don't mess up these other series. So, okay. Well, and that does make sense because you want, you want it to be as big and as good as it can possibly be. Right. So you don't want any, any discrepancy of any kind, cause you want everybody to be able to congregate in this, at this one, one-off event. So it does make sense. I mean, I hate that people have to wait until, you know, 2021 for it, but uh, hopefully that just makes it that much bigger and better when it does happen. Definitely. And hopefully, you know, it kind of lined up where it was 
where it was at and the date, you know, we were hoping to get some motocross guys like yourself included, uh, spark some interest, put some TT tires on and, and get back out there and get back to your first love, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, that was a, an event that I wasn't going to miss. That's for sure. We had talked about it, uh, ourselves even. And, um, you know, cause that's, that's like, that's not my, it's my first love. And then it's like, my dad's not his first love. It's like his number one love is flat track and TT. So, um, yeah, he wasn't, we weren't going to miss that, but, uh, it, like I said, to push it back a year, the, the anticipation is just going to make it that much sweeter. The last time I had you on, you know, I, I asked you this and you kind of gave me an update on the pulse of TT racing. And you had told me, you know, that numbers were solid and growing youth classes were gaining, um, you know, the, the, the numbers, the, um, you know, the, I guess like youth classes were growing. Right. And, um, yeah. from, from what I can tell, there's more TT buzz than at least there has been in recent years. So tell me like, if you were to gauge the pulse of TT racing right now and kind of gauge it to last year or maybe the year prior because even when you weren't racing i'm sure you were at least keeping tabs on this so do you think that the the anticipation the pulse the you know the the kind of the temperature of tt racing is it continuing to increase right now is that how you feel it, def it definitely is is gathering steam you know um i think really what lends itself to that is um, you know, in a motocross, in the motocross scene, it feels like you need to build a brand new bike. Everything needs to be fresh every year. Um, but TT is a little more affordable. You know, guys can kind of part together a, a used bike and, and make that through the season a lot easier, you know. So guys with a little bit lower budget are able to, to attend them. You know, tires are basically your most expensive part uh, when it comes to TT racing because you go through those pretty often. Of course. Um, but, you know, you kind of, you look at these events and let's go any EDT on a given weekend, three to 400 riders, and you might be ha having a race over in the Midwest where you're having 250, 300 riders, you know, so that's a good number of TT racers competing on, you know, a regional event, which we're calling nationals, um, yep. you know, on a given weekend. And that's just steadily climbing, like just, just kind of looking at some numbers uh, from, from the 50th you know now that's a, that was a huge event yeah but um within the tt world you look you know your pro class is always important but they really try to put an emphasis on all the aspects of racing okay so three wheelers are back in this thing and three wheelers like those dudes are crazy oh, but there's yeah. there's a bunch of them like in the premier uh pro-am three-wheeler class there were 39 riders signed up um in that class wow. uh then you have a pro light class, which would be like your amateur pro class. All right. So, okay. I mean, you could say it, it's an A class, but, uh, you it's know, your, it's your top amateurs. It's your top amateurs, right. And there's a purse there, you know, so they get to, to win a little bit of money and prizes and, and things like that. And then, uh, for the youth is the super mini class. Um, so it's the same way there's like added money in there. Um, so it kind of gives kids that incentive of, making a little money and stuff like that's pretty cool so that's very cool yeah for sure and um like you said to make it uh, i think the series as a whole tt racing as a whole you guys as a whole are making it trying to make it more um 
you know, affordable for people, more uh, rider friendly and stuff to make it so that people can chase these series. And I think that that's such a great thing because, you know, I know that in the motocross scene, like people, people get priced out of it and I totally understand how that happens. So, um, you know, I like, I like the idea of, uh, you know, the little bit more affordable racing and, and being able to chase these series as a TT racer. I, I think that that's, uh, if it keeps, you know, if it keeps families and, and individuals able to do it, um, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a really, really, really cool thing. Yeah. You know, ultimately what you're leading to there on family, that's after being out of, you know, ATV racing for 10 years, um, I kind of gained a new perspective in life. I have a family now and children, another child on the way. Um, but when I came back to the ATV racing scene, like the family that's there, it's, it's awesome, dude. Like, yeah, you know, it's almost like I got an outsider's perspective on it. Um, cause you, I was tunnel vision, you know, I wanted to do this as a career and go pro and this, this and that, which is good. You know, I was working hard, yep. but now I'm just having, I'm enjoying myself with it. I'm looking around and seeing, all the dynamics of everything that goes into racing and you know it, it's awesome on the TT level too I'm, I'm loving getting back into motocross but uh as I was in TT last year just looking around at all the families involved you know and the sacrifice that everyone makes and their dedication to the sport and just looking forward to getting out there and seeing your racing family you know competing is one thing but those relationships you have off the track are I mean they're more valuable than that you know a hundred percent yeah. So that, that's just what, what's really cool to me. Um, I, I think so too. And, and like you, you talked about that tunnel vision and uh, yeah, when you're a younger racer and you're trying to make a job of it and, and you like the, the winning and losing is the only thing that you focus on. Um, I think that that's where people fall out of love with it. And then like, you know, they, they just get burned out or whatever. And yeah, you get a little older, your perspective changes and now you're sharing all this with your family. And it's like, uh, those memories that you make in that, that family atmosphere and those relationships and all of that stuff. Um, I guess I don't know of anything else and TT's racing would be the same, but I don't know of anything else where you get to do it with your family and you get to make those memories and, and travel the country and do all these things where like when you talk about kids growing up and they are doing it in stick and ball sports and they're doing it with their buddies, not their family and stuff like that. I just don't know where you, um, where you get kind of that experience and, and, um, all of that anywhere other than ATV racing. So I think that that's why, I mean, you and me both can, we could talk ourselves blue in the face about why we love it so much. And it's the people and the relationships and those memories made that make it so special. So, um, you hit the nail on the head there. That's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, that is, that is the amazing thing about it for sure is just everyone's love and passion for it. And I agree with you that ATV racing is really the only the only place that you can have that where you know all the way from the grandpa down to the grand to the grandkid can be on the track racing they can be off the track hanging out it's you know it's camping it's competing I you just can't match it yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. um so let's let's talk about you for a second so what are your personal goals for your 2020 uh tt campaign so 
um, ultimately I would like to win the pro title over in the outlaw series. Um, you know, it's, we were competing in the top three level basically at every race we went to last year. Yep. So I'd like to go out and, and win the title in the pro class there. Um, we're also going to go run some NEDT. So I'll be at, at Pine Lake and hopefully at Michigan and some other rounds, depending on when my child get my third child gets here. Okay. Um, but, uh, ultimately, I mean, my goal at those races are to win. Um, of course I want to develop the equipment and, and, you know, aside from winning, I, I want to have a good time, but the competitor with, within you wants to win every time you're on the track. Of course. Um, the other thing I want to do is really coach and help people. I've, I've been trying to do that at the motocross races. Uh, there's a couple, couple guys that I've been just trying to help them on setup and kind of coaching them on takeoffs and on the track. I want to do the same thing on TT with setup and that sort of thing, as well as kind of those younger guys coaching them in life, helping them, you know, keeping them from falling into that kind of pit that I fell into when it was that tunnel vision, you know, and I lost my, vigor for the race it was all about the performance you know yeah 100 percent. i think that you're you do such a good job of you know of kind of being that um ambassador and for somebody to want to model themselves after and i think you're exactly right if somebody um if somebody even five six seven years ago could have just explained my perspective now to me I think that that might have been all it would have taken for me to have it click and I would have probably I would have loved it again but at the time I was like losing my love for it because it was just like this this grind so I think that uh, you and I had had short conversations about what the good things that you were doing at the motocross races and in trying to help uh help people in that way. And I think that, uh, you doing that at the, at the TT races as well. I mean, you're, you're from the start, you're somebody that people are looking up to. And, uh, the best thing that a lot of those people could do would be to follow in your footsteps and listen to what you have to say, because I think, uh, again, your perspective alone, and then obviously your on track performance, uh, and, and, and ability is, uh, stuff that people should want to follow. So I think that that's, a that's a really good thing. And I think it's cool. I mean, it's talks, it speaks to your character that in your list of goals is, uh, you know, to, to help other people get better and impact them in that way. So that's a, that's a really cool thing too. I'm humbled by your comments, Cody. I definitely, I feel that, you know, life is about relationships and God's given me, you know, a, a special set of skills, you know, on, on a racetrack but also with relationships. So, I mean, ultimately that's what we're called to do is love one another. And so, you know, you just use the skills that you're given to bless others is what that's firmly what my life is founded in. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love, uh, I think that that's something that, you know, uh, probably have, then I don't want to, don't want to overstep my place here, but I think it's, uh, uh, something that not enough people probably, uh, look closely enough at. So I think that uh, for you, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if you can just impact one person and, and it's like, if you can just impact one person and then maybe that other person impacts somebody and it's just this big contagious thing, I think uh, that you're doing a great, great job there. So, um, so yeah, let's, let's circle back to the racing before, uh, before I let you go. Um, so I guess, and maybe this isn't specific just to your series, but if we're talking about TT as a whole, give us some riders to watch or keep an eye on in 2020 
Um, is there anybody that comes to mind if I, if, as I, you know, ask you that question there? Definitely. Um, so I would say the number one guy to watch for over in the NEDT is CJ Robson. He's from North Carolina. Um, he just had a string of bad luck last year, but the dude has some serious speed. Um, obviously defending champion Brad Riley. He's won four titles um, over there, and he won all of the events at Pine Lake, um, and he won the, both Pro-Am classes as well in the series. So he's definitely uh, somebody that everybody's after. You know, he's the champ. Yep. Yep. Uh, Chucky Creech, he'll be back to his winning ways. Um, Garrett Keister over here in the Midwest. Uh, Blaine is flying. I mean, there's a big loose – a big list of guys, uh, Damian King, you know, talking of some younger guys that are up and coming. Uh, I, I mean, the list goes on. It's like, I feel when I pull to that starting line that there's any given race, there's 10 or 12 guys who can win, you know, when we're all lined up together. Okay. So that, that's, what's wild. Thomas and I kind of, we had a conversation, you know, he said, you know, for the most part, it, it doesn't matter where they start in motor in motocross that Joel, and Chad are going to find their way to the front, you know, yep. um, just because of the speed differential. But yep. with TT, it really is. I mean, the gap between first and 12th, first and 15th, it's, it's minuscule. It's, there's, there's not much difference. So um, you pull up there and you feel most everybody on the front line and some on the back row feel like, hey, I can win this race. Um, and, and another thing that kind of plays into that is the joker lane. It's this lane that everybody has to take one lap and it's like 10% slower in the lap. So let's say, you know, typical laps, 40 seconds, it's going to add four seconds. Okay. Uh, so everyone in the race has to take that joker lane. So that's like a race within itself in your mind. But sure. Then like, when, like when you're going to take it, right? That's the, that's the, like the chess match part of it. Definitely. You know, cause you're pushing, you're like, I don't know when these guys have taken it. Um, so yeah. you push. And after you take it, you don't, you know, you don't know if the guys in front of you have taken it or not. So you're just pushing. So a lot of times you don't really know where you're at in the race at times, you know, unless you have someone signaling you, but it's not like a pit board. I mean, TT is so, so fast paced. You're just kind of head down pushing 110. You can't let up at all. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's uh, the Joker lane thing. That's got to be, that's got to be like even more nerve wracking. Yeah. Cause you can't just put your head down and turn your brain off. You got to have your brain going too. So uh, yeah, that's uh that's exciting. I, I, one thing you did, you, you mentioned Brad Riley, right. And I, uh, I guess that was one thing that came to mind for me cause I knew you were going to race some of those races. So, you know, I was like wanting to ask you, you know, is, 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 are you, is somebody else? I mean, is anybody going to be able to, uh, to stop this guy? Cause he's been the man now for a while, right? Uh, he has, but I'm coming for him now. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I really am. Like I love competing with Brad, uh, yep. raced with, him. uh, I raced with him back in the day. Um, yeah. And so coming back into it, I was like, I've beat Brad before, you know, I can, I can get back to winning ways. Uh, uh -huh. He's definitely a smart, tough competitor. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we're up for the challenge. I, I was excited to see him at Georgia. You know, I thought the three of us were really going to get to dice it out. Yeah. Um, so did I. So unfortunately he had um, some bike issues. He was fighting a little bit, but yeah. it, you know, it's fun to see guys kind of branch out and, and do other racing as well. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy that's, 
I mean, I probably a lot like yourself, but he's just gnarly on a four wheeler, no matter what the discipline. I mean, I remember, you know, years racing him in pro-am and him winning pro-am and some race at some tracks. And then, yeah, like coming off the, seemed like he was maybe not even racing the full season at times. And then he was like battling for the top five in the pro class on a motocross track. It was just crazy. And then, then, yeah, then he turns his focus all the way back to seemingly, seemingly like TT full time. And he's just, he's the, he's the man over there. So, yeah, I mean, I think it takes a, I think like having somebody like him, who's obviously he's the guy to beat and then having such great talent, like you're saying is kind of coming up and, and, you know, kind of uh, aiming for him like that just creates good, uh, good, you know, overall hype and everything for the sport to, to begin with, I think. So um, I think that, uh, you know, obviously Brad is, is a great, uh, you know, person for the, for the sport, obviously, but I think you are too, you know, you, you and your family, like sure seemingly have, you know, created like a lot of, lot of good things for TT racing. And it sure seems like TT racing is in a better spot right now than it was, uh, you know, when you guys were away from it. Definitely. I mean, if you have a passion for something, um, you don't, you're not just complacent, you know, you want to work hard and, and improve things. So, you know, we love this sport and, and the people that are working with us, the people that were willing to step out back out and help us, you know, you want to, you want to help everything grow. And so, um, my son's racing now, I want it to grow for him. Um, I just want to make a better sport as a whole for everyone you know, so what, whatever it takes, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever I can within my capacity, um, to make racing better for everyone. Yeah. And I, I, I truly believe that, uh, that you guys are doing it. Um, before I let you go, Mitch, I, I have to ask you, you know, you mentioned it before I said, we'd circle back to it, but the, the triple crown thing, we've heard these rumors about it. And I know that it's, you know, there's more, there's more and more buzz. We're talking about motocross riders racing TT and, you know, kind of everybody doing the, the whole TT motocross cross country thing. Basically the idea is that it's going to be all one event, right? So, um, is this something that you think is, is really going to happen maybe in, in, you know, the next couple of years, this, this triple crown thing? There's definitely higher people than me that are talking about it. So that's encouraging for sure. Okay. Uh, you know, now, as far as the format, how all of it would shake out, I don't know. I mean, Jeffrey and I have just spent some time talking about different logistics, you know, and rules that we would have to do, you know, in order to make it a fair playing field for everyone. Um, but I mean, I, I truly think that this thing will happen. You know, if it doesn't happen next year, I, I would be surprised. I really would. Um, okay. I'm going to keep encouraging it and keep talking to people, but it's cool to like, uh, Rodney Tomlin, he was talking about it, um, just randomly. And I went up to my, went up to him and started talking to him about it. Yep. And uh, like, where'd you get this idea, man? He's like, well, um, he was on his quad radio talking, and uh, I guess I was watching Thomas. That's what I was doing. And okay. he started talking about it. So then I just started kind of poking it because I'm like, where did you get this idea? He's like, well, it's something I thought would be cool for a long time. And so then I just started mentioning some things to him and uh, more people start talking about it. So I, I believe that where we were at in Ionia, they, uh, they had a lot of interest in possibly hosting it there. Okay. Um, 
whether that transpires or not, I, I don't know, but I know they definitely had interest and they were building a, a TT track up on the hill. So. Oh, really? Well, then they, then they have the, they have all the means to do it then too. Cause they have the motocross track, a uh, national level motocross track. They have a national level um, GNCC cause they host the GNCC national as well. So if they had the TT, then, uh, then, I mean, there's your spot. And I think that that would be a relatively good location for it. I mean, there's a lot of TT racers, it seems like down in that area. So, uh, so yeah, if you have a location to do it, um, I just love the idea of, Hey, let's race three different disciplines and see who the the baddest guys on ATVs are. Like, I, I just love that idea. It's almost, I mean, obviously it's one more added aspect, but it's, it, it's a little bit of a reminder what it was like when it was, you know, the, the GNC series and it was, you know, TT and motocross together. When you won that championship, it meant that you were the, you were the best overall rider and i think that uh kind of kind of wandering into that area of who's the baddest guy between the three disciplines i really uh like the idea of that i think that that would be really 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 cool yeah it would it would be super cool to do that and then also giving you know exposure and relationships between the tt cross country and motocross world of course uh, you know obviously i'm re being at the motocross races, I've reestablished some of my relationships there. Yep. And I know that people will kind of be paying attention and watching TT in that sense. But, you know, I'd like to have some relationships with cross country guys, get to know them. You know, I know they're, um, you know, they're, they're racing family as well. So just kind of put it all together and opportunity for everybody to meet one another and get out there and compete. And, uh, you know, then some bragging on the side uh, for those guys who are, I mean, you and I both know probably who the baddest dudes on quads are, uh, no doubt. But it, it's fun to it's fun to just think about having the opportunity to race them on a on a track where we could potentially beat them for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think again, I think that it's a it's a cool thing because there's going to be guys that are going to be better at one than the other. There's going to be guys that are probably going to surprise you that are going to be that are going to be better than you'd expect them in different disciplines. So I think, uh, yeah, it would be, be really cool. And I think that that's, uh, that I think, I hope that it's something that happens and it sounds like it's got a good chance of, of happening. So I think that, uh, just like Pine Lake was a huge thing last year, if you were to hold this triple crown thing and all the people that, you know, are, are intrigued and want to be involved, I think that it would be, uh, it would be a who's who it would be the it would be the epicenter of atv racing um when it happens so i think uh with enough people wanting it to happen i uh i hope and i think that it's going to and and that's definitely not something that uh that we're gonna miss that's for sure so you're gonna get the tt tires on you're gonna come out and get warmed up with me oh for sure for sure i kenny marco is trying to bribe me to race a tt he's been doing it for like 15 years straight so uh He's like, yeah, I got all these quads, got all this stuff for you to ride. So yeah, I'll definitely be there. I would love to do it. Um, but you know how it is. The only thing that's been stopping me for the last handful of years is like you spend every dime you have going to the motocross races. So I don't have any, uh, it's like extra funds that I need to put aside for the TT racing too. But yeah, I definitely would not miss it. And uh, 
I, that's something that my dad has said for years. He's like, whenever we stop racing motocross, I'd love to get back into TT. And um, the, the good thing for us is, is maybe as we get closer to maybe that happening someday, TT racing is in a much better spot than it was even when we proposed that idea. And I think that, uh, you know, you and your family have, have definitely uh, something to do with that. So, um, you know, I think that that's, that's really exciting and I can't wait to get back to at least some of the TT races here in the near future. And that's exciting to hear. I'm pumped for it. Cause I know you'll, I know you'll be with your whole shots you've got going on, dude, you'll be in a good place. Like you're ready for sure. I'm just excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Like I said, I mean, uh, you know, I started, started on, uh, started racing flat track and TT and then did flat track, you know, dirt bikes for a while. And then, uh, went back to, you know, flat track and TT quad. So we did that for a lot of years and, uh, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be cool because, um, again, it'll be cool to take, you know, to have my dad back at the flat track races. Cause that's what that's, that's his biggest love. And, uh, it'll be a cool thing for the family as a whole. So I, uh, look forward to it. And, uh, yeah, like I said, the, the TT scene is, uh, is bigger and better than ever. And you guys have a lot to do with it. So, uh, that's really cool. And, and obviously, um, we wanted to get you on here as, as kind of as soon as you mentioned it to me, it's just been a couple of days since then. And I wanted to make sure we got on to talk some TT racing before the kind of TT really started to pick up. And I wanted to be able to have you guys talk about your outlaw series and all of that stuff. So, um, I'm hoping that we covered most of everything that, that you wanted to talk about. If there's anything that you want to add now, um, I'd love you, love you to do it or, or any promotion for the, the outlaw series, anything you want to add. Now's your time. Definitely. Um, so, you know, for any people out there that are just kind of wanting to look into TT and what it's all about, uh, go to EDT racing channel. Um, Sean does an excellent job of promoting over there. Um, you know, just videos. It's, it's somewhat like, you know, rip it up film. So you can get an idea of what these events look like. Um, and it, it showcases all aspects of the sport for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, as, as far as the Outlaw Series, um, they're, they're on Facebook. They're Extreme Outlaw TT Nationals. Um, they're, they're gathering some steam. You know, they're working hard to, to really improve the sport and, and obviously working uh, close with Sean as well over at the NEDT, which is NEDT.com. Uh, just, just kind of a closing story here. I, I found this is kind of cool. I didn't know this because I was out of racing, but just talking about how one person helps another at the race. Um, so this was in 2015. Uh, Chucky Creech at the time would have been, he, he was in the points for the championship, okay, in the pro class. His okay. bike was stolen like right before the race and Brian Ace, which was one of his top competitors loaned him his bike and he actually beat him by one position and it's ultimately set him up to win the championship. Are you so serious? Oh my that's, goodness. That's in the pro level. So that just kind of gives you a picture of what is going on in the TT racing scene. You know, you're talking the, you know, the pro class that one guy's lending another guy, a, a bike and ultimately um you know it cost him the championship and gave the championship to the other guys so that that just shows you what it's all about there of course yeah i mean that uh you talked about it we spoke about it the that atv racing as a family and i don't think that there's anything more telling than that 
again, kind of to, to just tie the whole thing together. Like you had mentioned at the beginning of this thing, there's a number of good TT racing series. And I think the, the best thing about that is that it's almost like anywhere, anywhere somebody is located, wherever a listener is listening to this right now, there's kind of a, there's a series that you can race. That's probably not that far from you. Um, if you're on our side of the country, at least. And uh, that's a good thing because you hopefully don't have to travel that far to get to one of these, you know, good uh, TT events. So that's a, that's a really cool thing. And the TT scene is, is better than it's been in a long time. Um, well, Mitch, thanks for the, the update and all the great info. Um, we're wishing you all the best as, as well as TT as a whole, as this thing kind of gets started and, uh, hopefully things blow up here in 2020 for TT racing. That's my, that's my, my biggest hope for it. And, uh, hopefully this platform can help create a little more buzz for it as well. And as long as you want to come on and, and talk about TT racing, maybe we can get some other, uh, TT guys that are interested, uh, you know, kind of start some more conversation about it, but, um, we're happy to talk about TT racing here on digging deep and, uh, we can't thank you enough for kind of coming on and just uh you know implanting some some knowledge and tt buzz into uh our show here thank you cody it's an honor to be on here uh yeah definitely i know some tt guys definitely listen to your podcast and are interested and hopefully we'll get more tt guys interested and you know anybody that you want me to line up um, to get on the podcast definitely let me know uh, we really appreciate what you're doing for the sport and uh, it's always awesome content and again it's just an honor to to be on the podcast oh of course yeah you're you're welcome here anytime and uh yeah like i said even if we if we want to do uh you know have a have a few people on at the same time here a couple riders you and another rider and myself i mean whatever we want to do to create some more content if uh if you guys benefit from what we're doing here if tt racing benefits from what we're doing here then uh that would be our number one our number one hope and goal so uh you know, my channel is, is yours. Anything that you want me to help you with, I, I definitely would, uh, would love to. And, uh, yeah, you as well. I can't thank you enough for, um, again, for your, your help with talking some TT stuff and, um, helping prompt this and, uh, yeah, we're wishing you all the best. We're wishing you, you know, the best of luck. So, uh, good luck, stay safe and, uh, we'll see you soon. I can't, can't thank you enough for, uh, for your time. All right. Thanks. Have a good one, Cody. Thanks so much, pal. What a show. Some great personalities and fun guys to listen to tonight. Thanks to our guests, Chad Weenan, Sean Taylor, and Mitch Reynolds. Super grateful for their involvement and their time. Thanks as well to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, who always finds time to fit the podcast into his busy schedule. Thanks, Dallas. We couldn't do it without you, and we also got to wish him a happy birthday. Thanks as always to Brooke for all she does for the podcast, and I want to thank AMA official Harv Whipple for always keeping me in the know. Thanks to our sponsors, CST Tires, Yamaha thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Wheaton Motorsports, the Decker Training Facility, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Forks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Blender's Eyewear, Mountaineer Brand, Avocado Green Mattress, Roman Health, Factory 43, and Bikes, Trikes, and Quads, LLC. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. You can find all of our episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links and discount codes, our show merchandise, and more all on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out. 
today. The show is available to anyone and everyone, whether on diggingdeepatvmx.com, or you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Basically, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Show your support by wearing our apparel. By now, you've probably seen our line of Digging Deep shirts and hoodies. Purchase on our website today with free shipping and all proceeds going directly towards constant growth and improvement of the show. Thanks for all the support and for wanting to represent what we're doing. We're really proud of our gear. If you enjoy the show, we encourage you to donate via Patreon if it suits you. Simply visit our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, and click the Support on Patreon button. This contribution will help prompt continued growth and improvement of the show with perks available to those who contribute, including hearing your name on the show. We greatly appreciate the support. Want to be part of a show like this? Call us, guys. Call us with your questions, topic suggestions, business inquiries, a rant, or anything else you want to make known. That number is 920-569-3519. That's 920-569-3519. Call us and we'll play your message on the show. Do it now. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional behind-the-scenes content and insider info leading up to and at the races. You know I love the screenshots showing that you're listening, so send those in, and I promise to keep sharing them. It's a simple and effective way to help spread the word. Next up is Pleasure Valley, Joel Hetrick's home race. He'll look to do to Chad Weenan what Chad did to him in Illinois. We'll let them battle it out, and then we'll be back to talk about it once again. Remember, Zach Decker is coming on next week, and we have a very highly anticipated show coming up with Yamaha's Dustin Nelson. So stoked about that. Be sure to subscribe to the show, give us a rating, tell your friends, share our posts, wear our shirts and hoodies. It all helps spread word about us while growing the sport that we love. With that, for Chad Weenan... Sean Taylor, Mitch Reynolds, Dallas Jansen, Brooke Catherine, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing, a million downloads and counting. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. guys were hauling ass for real i remember watching doug gus i don't know who it was steel city running the same times friday afternoon as james stewart was on sunday back then at steel city i, I would need to check this out I, I, i'm dead serious it was mental i've never seen quads go that fast it's not easy steve it's not easy listen jb <laughs> no, i don't want to hear it's not easy. i don't want to hear quad are freaking nice. you don't chew big red then. what the <laughs> you, like,